All right, welcome world. We're going to talk today about, <clears throat> excuse me, accepting who you are so that you can change, right? So it might sound a little strange, right? A little counterintuitive that if you really truly accepted who you are, why would you want to change? But of course you can, right? So that's a quote um, from Carl Rogers, who's a famous uh, psychiatrist, therapist. Is he a psychiatrist? He's definitely a therapist. And uh, he would say, you know, once you accept who you truly are, once you accept yourself, then you can change. And the idea, if you think about it, is that so often the way we're trying to create change, especially with weight loss, is we'll try and beat ourselves up. We'll try and hate who we are, trying to create that motivation to change. And it's really a pain-based motivation where we're trying to hate who we are, so we start doing something different. And I've seen that be very ineffective. And on top of being ineffective, it's very unpleasant. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, the idea is that you want to start accepting who you are. Uh, and I think the way I find this to be most useful is when you really accept your good parts, but more importantly, your bad parts, the parts you're not happy with. You know, if you're not happy with your weight, if you're not happy with your body, you're not happy with your decisions and how you've been living, I think by accepting those and acknowledging them and being okay with them, it kind of sets you up in a spot to start fixing it then. And I think it comes down to this idea that, you know, if you think about a person in your life, someone who you love and someone who you hate, and which one would you do more to help, <laughs> right? It's a goofy question when I phrase it this way, right? But when you start hating yourself all the time, trying to motivate yourself to change, I think what ends up happening is that you create, almost like you wanna punish yourself, right? So if there's someone you hate, you know, it's like you, you go out of your way to kind of mess with them, right? You don't want them to be happy. You want to punish them, right? And so I think what happens in our head when we start this, this approach of trying to change, of hating ourselves, I think what happens subconsciously, we almost start punishing ourselves. And so in a weird way, we start uh, kind of continuing the behaviors that give us the body or the results we don't like as a way to punish ourselves. You know, and so I can tell you again, you may not believe this stuff, right? Because so much of what I could tell you from I've done over 5000 private weight loss sessions. And as a hypnotist, I'm always looking at the more subconscious aspects of how we think and, and why we behave the way we do. And so what I've come to realize is that so much of our behavior is counterintuitive. It doesn't make a lot of logical sense. And so things that I've realized, you know, I've said, wow, that, that's weird. I would have never thought that. And even the idea that you, if you're always hating your body, that you almost create like a split personality. Now I believe, right, you buy this or don't, but there's a saying, uh, the guy who created neuro-linguistic programming, Richard Bandler, used to say that multiple personalities is an evolutionary step. We're all multiple personalities, you know? And so I think this is true, right? I think, do we not feel this way, right? Sometimes you're kind of one way and another time you're a different way. And I think what happens is sometimes we create this part of ourselves that's beating up the other part. And I think what ends up happening is this part's existence almost relies on this part's kind of failure or, or not working well. And so we get this internal situation where we have this one part beating this other part of us up, right? We've all felt this, have we not? <laughs> this part of us is always beating ourselves up. And then we think like, oh, it's okay though, because this is going to whip us into shape. You know, and that's the, the logic of it. But the reality of it typically is when it's happening, I think, is that this part beats us up and then this part feels so bad that it says, I don't know, that's too much work. The only thing I know how to do to feel better at the moment is I'm going to eat something, you know. So this beating ourselves up thing, I think 
while you may think it works, you've got to take a step back and look at the actual results you're getting from that. And if that has not worked, if beating yourself up about your weight, about how you're behaving, about who you are, if that has not gotten you the results you want, it may be an opportunity now for you to look at that, realize that, and start doing something different. And what that difference is, is to start to love yourself right now, flaws and all, weight and all, bad behaviors and all, start loving yourself as you would, hopefully, um, if you have a child, right? Or if you have a, a young person in your life. And I use that because, again, children, when we look at them, sometimes they do the right thing, sometimes they don't. But hopefully we don't, we don't hate them for it, right? Hopefully we don't get really mad at them. We realize they just don't know yet. And I think this is much more accurate for how you're going to create the changes you want by approaching it almost as if you're a child in a sense, because there's parts of you that are like a child, right? Literally, I'm not going to get into that now, but if you knew what to do, you would do it, right? The problem is you don't really know what to do a lot of times. And so getting mad at yourself really is not the issue. The issue isn't that you know what to do and you're not doing it. I know it feels that way to you, but I'm going to break that down in a second. I think the issue is more that you don't know what to do and you're just kind of stuck. Okay. And so that'll, that keeps you stuck, but beating yourself up more just doesn't help you. You know, it's not fixing the problem. The problem is you don't know what to do in those situations. You don't have better choices and options and strategies available in the situations. And so it's not a problem that you need to beat yourself up and whip yourself into shape as much as it is. You need to create better strategies and options for yourself. Right. So, so the hating yourself is just, it's not the problem. And again, again it makes everything worse. You know, I'll give you an example. There's someone in my program and she is a very smart person, very successful professionally, well-educated, very, very smart. And she's been diagnosed with, um, with a condition. And so she's as motivated as a person could possibly be to fix it. Okay. However, she's been not been able to fix it. Well, why is this? She's smart. She's got a lot of willpower and focus in her career. She's extremely motivated because of the situation she's in, but she hasn't been able to change it. So how is that? Well, I think it's because she doesn't know how to change it. She doesn't know how to live as a healthier, I don't the weight in this situation almost isn't important. The health's the main thing. And she doesn't know how to live as a healthier person. Um, what she says, she goes, I think about getting healthier and I think about all the things I should do, think about them, think about them. And I think about all the things I gotta do. And then I feel overwhelmed. Then I don't know what to do. You see? So if that's the internal process she's running, it's not that she knows what to do and she's not doing it. It's that she has a vague idea of what she should do, but not a clear idea. And so she doesn't know what to do. And that's creating stress in her, right? And so it's, um, it's, it's the beating yourself up is not helping at all. And it's making things worse. And so what you have to understand is that <clears throat> knowing what to do and being able to get yourself to do it are two different things. And you're approaching your weight loss as if the problem is that you don't know what to do, right? When the problem is that you can't get yourself to do what you already know what to do consistently, you see? And so I use the piano metaphor here a lot because I think this is important. That it's like if you wanted to learn how to play the piano and you said, well, I'm just going to go out and read 10 books on how to play the piano. Well, are you going to be able to play the piano then? No, right? Because that's just going to give you intellectual knowledge, information about what you should do. And you know, when it comes to piano, even if you've never played before, you know that reading those books isn't going to make you a good piano player because what's it going to take? It's going to take you practicing the things you learned consistently, 
right? But when it comes to your weight loss, you don't approach it this way at all. You think I just need a new diet plan. I need more information. I need a workout plan. I need an oh, intermittent fasting. Oh, oh, do new medicine. You think you need more information when the reality is you need to just practice what you know consistently and build up that muscle memory, build up that skill set, that that new ability, you see? And so there's no point in beating yourself up about something you don't know, right? This is, let's stick with the piano metaphor. Let's say you start playing the piano and you actually start practicing, right? And you practice and you mess something up, right? You're just practicing a new song and you screw it up. Well, should you get really mad at yourself and hate yourself for screwing up? Or should you relax and say, okay, let me calm down and, and relax. Let me see what I did wrong. Let me slow down, calm down, practice again. Which is gonna be more helpful for you in that situation? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. So why wouldn't the same thing be true of your weight, right? Because you've got to get out of this mindset that you're just missing some magical piece of information, some magical meal plan out there is going to fix everything. It's not true. Just like with the piano, there's no magic thing I could tell you that all of a sudden you could sit down the piano and just start <laughs> going away, right? It just takes consistent in, you know, practice and reinforcement. And so staying calm and relaxed is really key, all right? So someone says that's huge. Why successful in all other areas but weight loss? Exactly. If this happens all the time. My main client, right? The, the, the archetype of the person I work with for over the last 20 years are people that are very successful professionally. Got a lot of success professionally. So you, you can't say they don't have willpower, right? Because they have exhibited willpower over decades in their careers, right? Through schooling, getting good grades, doing the things it takes to graduate from college, getting a job, showing up, working hard, learning it, consistently showing up and doing the work right? So it can't just be willpower, right? How can you have willpower in one area and not willpower in another? It doesn't make any sense, you see? So there's more to it. So what I am helping these people with, and they're some of my favorite people to work with, it's really, to be honest, it's kind of the only person I can really help because we take the skills they already have in that one area and we map them over to the weight loss and the weight mastery area. Now, the reason why someone can have a skill set in one area and not utilize it in the other area really does come down to hypnosis, literally, the mental programming they have. And the mental programming we have um, really controls where we exhibit our skill sets. And so it's very interesting because it's a lot less about, oh, I don't have any willpower. And it's much more about, I have willpower, but I don't know how to apply it in this area of my life, you see? And I think once you start to understand that, you put yourself on a path to actually be able to have a chance <laughs> of mastering your weight, right? Um, someone says, I need more info is how we got successful in other areas, but doesn't work in weight loss. Yeah, absolutely. But it only works in some areas. Understand this in, in our lives, right? Especially in this culture, even a lot of schooling, right? When you first started schooling, it was a lot of like practical skill sets that you learn reading, writing, um, you know, we did drawing music, a lot of, a lot of like core skills that you learned how to do things actually learned. And as you progress through school, it became more and more theory, more and more theoretical. Okay. And I think this is important because this really gets to the point of, so I'm a hypnotist and, and the way I think of the mind is there's a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. So the conscious part of your mind is the part that understands logically what's going on, right? So it's a logical part of your mind that knows what you should do, why you should do it. Um, that, that's the, the information piece. But the things you actually know how to do are stored in your subconscious mind. All right. And so there's a huge difference between learning how to read and write. Those are skills that you had to keep on reinforcing and practicing and doing to <coughs> install those into your subconscious mind, okay? There's a difference between that type of learning and the learning of, I don't know, like everything in school, because <laughs> everything's kind of theoretical, you know? So, you know, like, like you just learn these ideas and these concepts, 
Uh, let me bring it home in a different way. Um, when you think about writing, right, you can write with your hand, right? But how come you can only write with one hand then? Right? Because you know how to write, don't you? So why can't you just write with the other hand? Right? <laughs> because you have a knowledge of how to write consciously, but that knowledge does not translate into being able to do it with both hands. Your subconscious knowledge of how to write with whichever hand you write with is subconscious knowledge that you can do. And how would you learn how to write with the other hand? Would you go out and get a book and say, oh, how do I write with my left hand? Right? Is that how you'd learn? No, because you don't need any more information. You need to what? You need to practice it, right? You need to practice it and put it into your nervous system, into your subconscious mind. You see? And it's the same thing with weight loss. You're so fixated on thinking you need more information, but you're not dedicating any time to practicing what you already know. And you never practice it because again, now, now let me back up a little bit here. The, what you're in right now is you are, you're in a hypnotic trance uh, when it comes to your weight loss. And you've been entranced by the diets. They've literally put you into a hypnotic trance. And you know this because when it comes to weight loss, you don't think logically and rationally. You think very emotionally. And if you take a step back and look at how you think you should lose weight, it's very illogical and irrational. And it's, it's very unusual. You don't really approach anything in your life the way you approach weight loss, right? And what I mean by that is this. Think about this. So the typical weight loss strategy, especially like a diet, is that the average person in America consumes about 2,700 calories a day. The average diet's going to tell you to cut your calories down to 1,200, right? So on day one, you're supposed to cut your calories by 60%, and then you're supposed to maintain that cut all the way till you get to your goal weight, right? And so that's almost the equivalent. Let's stick with the piano. That's like saying, okay, I want to learn the piano, so I want to get the fast results possible. I'm going to start practicing eight hours a day, right? So after the first day, you can't even move your hands, and you're not going to be able to continue, but that's kind of what happens with the diets. You, you so overcorrect on day one that you can't, you, you, the chances you maintaining it are so slim. It's just way too much to take on at once, you know? And you do this. But not only do you do this, and not only does it not work, but you keep doing it. How many diets have you tried? How many times have you tried losing weight that way where you just, okay, that's it. Tomorrow's Monday. I'm going to do it. And then you start, you cut all the calories down. You do it for a couple days, and then you stop. And then you, whatever, you go back and then you get motivated again a couple months later and then you say, do it again. And this has been going on for years for you, decades for you. How do you, keep, how do you keep doing this? Why don't you logically look at this and say, that's not working. Let me think of something else. Why? Well, because you're in a trance. And when we're in a trance, we don't, we don't ask logical questions. We're very emotional. We just kind of just do things. And the reason you go into a trance with weight loss is partly it's because of the diets. Okay, they're always conditioning how you think about weight loss. And so that this all or nothing mindset, because you want to get the fastest results possible, so you all or nothing. And so you go way over correct. You do everything perfect for a little while. And then the second you make a mistake, ah, blew it. And now you're back to where you were. And you just keep that, that process over and over and over again. Okay. So part of it's the diets that have conditioned you and hypnotized you because you've seen millions of weight loss ads at this point. Okay. The other part is that when you make the decision to finally lose weight, it's a spontaneous pain-based motivation. Okay, so you step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, see your reflection, the clothes don't fit, you get so upset, you get so emotional, so I don't care what I gotta do, I gotta lose this weight. And then in that state of mind, you choose unsustainable plans that have no chance of working anyways. And you've done them before and you know they don't work, but this time's gonna be different because I'm so upset, I'm gonna, I gotta make it happen. Oh well, it's not gonna work. But what gets worse is as you get older, it gets harder and harder to even start one of these plans. What ends up happening is you still feel those spontaneous pain-based experiences but now what happens, your brain says, no, I'm not going to start another. I can't even do it. I can't do it anymore. And now 
you don't even get the excitement of trying to start a plan for a couple days or a couple weeks. Now you just start getting into this downward spiral of depression. You say, oh. you know, and then you see a picture. So, oh. You step on the scale. You don't know what to do. And that's probably where you're at now. Most of the people I work with are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and they just can't get started anymore. And they don't even know what to do, you know? Luckily, though, the good news is that there is things you can do, okay? The good news is you literally have been in a state of hypnosis. Um, again, as a hypnotist, I thought I was going to hypnotize people to lose weight. It's much more about waking people up out of hypnosis. <laughs> You're in a state of hypnosis when it comes to your weight loss, right? I'll give you another example. The main thing you think is going to motivate you to lose weight is you think you want to look better, right? Cause why? Because the diets, I mean, think about every weight loss ad you've seen. How many of them have shown you the before and after picture? Every one of them? <laughs> is there ever a weight loss ad you've seen that doesn't have the before and after picture? What they're doing is they're orienting you to how you look. And the problem is that's not enough motivation for you. It's not because you have no brain structures dedicated to wanting to look better. Think about this. Your brain is an evolved brain over millions of years. It evolved in times when there was no mirrors, no pictures, no scales, no videos. You know what I mean? Like you never saw like no fashion. How you looked meant nothing. So you have no motivation in your brain to want to look better. You know, it's, it's very limited. You, you've created it because we, we adapt to the situation, but there's no primal structures that want to make you lose weight so you can look better. Um, compare that to you have brain structures that motivate you to want to eat the wrong foods now, right? Because we evolved in a food scarce environment. So, you know, when we eat high calorie foods, dopamine starts being released and it says, oh, this is good. Eat more of this. You see, so that's, we have brain structures that cause us to want to overeat. We have no brain structures that make us want to lose weight or that make us want to look better. That just wasn't important, you know? And so right off the bat, you know, your motivation with a diet is based on something that's just impotent. It just doesn't work. And you know this because you haven't lost weight. You think about it constantly, don't you? You've been thinking about it constantly for, for years and decades, and you're no closer to having a real answer to mastering your weight. You know, I always say like, you know, as little about losing weight now as you did before you started your first diet, you know, and that's, again, that's how you know when you're in a trance, cause you just keep repeating the same thing and nothing's getting better. You're not learning anything. You're not growing. You're not evolving. Right. And I know this because in my program, what I teach, it's a systematic thing. It ain't easy, <laughs> you know? So again, you, you, that right off the bat, you're like, oh, I don't want that. Then I want something easy, fast. Let's do it. You know what I mean? That's what you're, you're programmed for. You're hypnotized to look your weight loss strategy in your mind um, from the diets is it has to be fast results. It has to be something extreme so I can get those fast results. I've got to be perfect because if I'm not perfect. I'm not going to get fast results and that's not worth it. And I want to look better. And if I don't look better quick and I don't look better the way I expect I'm going to look, then I don't want to do it. You see? And so, you know what I mean? Like, like right from the get-go, you're, it's the mindset piece for you that is the biggest hurdle you have to overcome, you know, and the diets never teach you the mindset piece, do they? Right. Cause what every diet does, regardless of the specifics of what they're telling you is that they never show you how to actually get yourself to do it. They never teach you the mindset piece. They never teach you how to think like a thin person, how to feel differently, how to behave differently. You know what you should do. Right. But, but do you not know that that knowledge is not enough to do it again, the handwriting thing, you know how to write, but you can't do it with the other hand. Well, you know what you should eat, but you can't get yourself to do it. Why? Why? And you don't even have an answer for that. <laughs> you may say, because I have no willpower. But now we go back. Well, well, how does someone who's so successful professionally, successful with their family, you know, who gets themselves to go to work every day, stay late, focus, do work, do work on the weekends, right? How does a person with that kind of extreme willpower not have willpower? What are, what are we talking about here? 
You see? And so when you say, if you really reflect on why you can't lose weight, you're going to find that you don't have any, any clear answers. You've got throwaway words that really mean very little. I have no willpower. I'm a sweetaholic. I'm an overeater. You know what I mean? Like you have no real clear idea of why, you know? And that's indicative of being in a trance. You know, you're in a trance where you're not really questioning things. That's what a hypnotic trance is, by the way. It's the bypassing of the critical faculty. And so when I'm hypnotizing someone, I'm not speaking to their logical mind. I'm not telling them like reasons why they should do things. I'm speaking to their subconscious mind, right? And so when someone's in a hypnotic trance, they're not really questioning everything I'm saying. They're just absorbing it. And that's what you're doing with weight loss. You haven't, you're not critically look, you're not looking at your weight loss and why you haven't been able to lose weight and what you should do to lose weight critically. You're looking at it in a hypnotic trance, very emotional. And so you keep thinking, oh, I just need to find the right diet. You've got the same phrases you say about weight loss and you repeatedly say them and those keep you hypnotized, okay? So that's why watching, listening to me, listening to my podcast, watching my videos, it will dehypnotize you because I'm going to shift your paradigm. You were caught in a weight loss paradigm that the diet companies have entrapped you in. And so when you think about weight loss, it's, it's, it's very limited thinking. This is why you're not getting the results you want. And this is why you feel like you don't even know what to do. You know, you're in a state of confusion, which is intentional because a confused mind doesn't do anything. And the diets don't want you to do anything because most of the diets you know about are owned by the big food companies. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Foods was owned by Annie Ann's Pretzels and the company owned Cinnabon. They don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories for a little while because that's going to cause you to eat more calories ultimately. All right. And so that's why you're not getting a full system. You're woefully unprepared to actually lose weight. Okay. Um, is fasting bad for your metabolism? It depends, you know, what kind of fasting you're doing. I think, um, you know, first of all, so I think intermittent fasting is good. I, I think that, you know, and I think because it's very natural, you know, in the natural world, we weren't eating all day long. There, there was, wasn't that much food. You know what I mean? Like, so we ate kind of at times and, and that was normal. There were times we didn't eat. And so I think intermittent fasting for me, I didn't start out that way, but it's been very, very helpful to take a break. I usually stop eating six, seven at night, start eating the next day, seven, eight. And so every day I'm giving myself 12, 13, 14 hours of a break, you know, because digestion is no one use of energy in your body, you know? And so you should easily be able to nourish yourself eight to 12 hours a day, you know? Um, it's the emotional eating that's the, that's the challenge for most people. But if you start restricting it, I, I think intermittent fasting, I'm a big fan of, I think you know, now I realize sometimes people are trying to fast long-term to lose weight. I think it's a very poor strategy for a number of reasons. Um, does it hurt your metabolism? You know, that's a, that's a funny word, metabolism. Well, what do we mean by that, you know? So to me, fasting, I'm less concerned about the metabolism the way you typically think about it. And I'm more concerned about what's going on with my brain because the more you restrict, and it does affect your metabolism. It affects, literally, your epigenetics start shifting and changing. You start getting fixated on food. You know, when you don't have food for a while, you start subconsciously orienting yourself to food, right? You start thinking about obsessing on it all the time. And so I think that it's important to recognize fasting is a, a word that I think can be a good thing. And then it can very quickly turn into something un, unhelpful and unhealthy. And so I think if you're talking about intermittent fasting, I think that's on the healthy side of things and it's natural and normal. And I think trying not to eat for long periods of time, days at a time, uh, I have not found that to be very helpful for most people. Okay. Um, someone says, how do I transfer my ability to quit drinking with weight loss? I haven't been able to translate. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
That's a good one though. Like I would model that, right? So, so if we were working together, I would ask you how you stopped drinking, right? How you quit it. And what I would do is I would think psychologically about that process of how you stop drinking, because I bet there's a lot of really valuable things in there. So the core of what I do with people, right, is really neurolinguistic programming and, and or NLP, if you've ever heard of that. And so the idea of NLP is really based around role modeling, finding someone who got the results you want, figuring out what they did, not just on the outside, but also on the inside, how they think about things, right? What's the subconscious program they have that allowed them to get the result they want? This is what I did, by the way, 30 years ago. I learned NLP and I began interviewing and talking to people that had lost weight and kept it off for a long period of time. And I quickly, quickly realized, you know, that the subconscious shifts in how they were thinking about things as opposed to how I was thinking them. So it's very helpful to install those ideas and those thought patterns into my mind, help me get way better results almost instantly. And so the best person we can learn from and role models ourselves. And so when, when you've done one area of your life where you've created a change um, is a great area to model. And so what I would suggest is that you think about, you know, when in terms of your drinking and how you quit it, what were the steps that you went through to get there? Because it probably didn't just happen all at once. Um, it maybe it did, you know, maybe it just went cold turkey and that was it. Um, and that may or may not work with 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 weight loss. Again, weight loss is unique, and so you have to understand that weight loss is is really unique because it's really a managed addiction in a sense, and it is an addiction. I think I think looking at your weight issue as an addiction is actually going to serve you and benefit you a lot more. It's going to harm you by thinking of it that way, you know, um, because. On one sense, it's not an addiction. If you go by the definition, you're not going to have a physiological withdrawal from it. Okay, that's one definition of addiction. But another addiction definition of addiction is: can you not stop doing something that you know is harmful to you? And in that sense, it is an addiction, right? And so, I think when you look at food as an addiction, I think it, it opens you up to finding a lot more solutions that are going to be way more practical to you, because. Like, so if someone was a drug addict, right? This is, I always say this, that dieting is like, just say no. Like, like remember, remember the, the thing back in the eighties, just say no to drugs. Right. And it's like, I think we know now that didn't work. Right. And so dieting is like, just say no to food. And that doesn't work either. Dieting does not work. <laughs> Don't let it be known. And when I say it doesn't work, I'm not saying that there aren't a few outliers that it works for. Cause clearly there's outliers that literally there's always outliers that, that, you know, are, are get, get different results than the rest of us. But it's estimated that diets have a 95% failure rate to help you lose weight and keep it off long-term. Right. So in that sense, I'm going to say statistically diets do not work. All right. And so just like that idea. Now we, we look at just say no to drugs and we look at, it, we say, of course that doesn't work. There's way more going on there. Right. But people are still trapped in that, that same philosophy with the diets, right? Because you just think some magic Monday is going to come and you're what? What? All of a sudden you're going to be able to follow some weight loss plan? Look, what do you think is going to change? I know what you think. What you're referencing, by the way, is you're referencing, there have been a couple times in your life when you did experience a lot of pain spontaneously. You really got motivated because you saw a picture of yourself, you got really upset. You wait on the scale. You say, oh my God, I've got, this has gone too far. Your biggest pair of clothes, then all of a sudden they didn't fit. And you said, that is it. You know what I mean? So it spontaneously came up and you got really motivated and you probably got some good results and you keep chasing that process again, you know, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work, not consistently. And so I think it's a lot more helpful to recognize that 
just say no for drugs didn't work because it never dealt with the deeper issues and just say no to food isn't going to work for you either because there's a lot more deeper issues that are influencing and impacting you and you need to deal with those again in my program right i'll just give you so i want to give you an example just so i can show you what i mean because you you can't you're in the spot right now right with your weight and I just want to prove this to you because if you're watching this, I almost guarantee you have been trying to lose weight. And write this in the chat if you want to, how long you've wanted to lose weight for. I'd love to see these numbers. Usually people I talk to, it's decades, okay? But however long you wanted to lose weight and as much as you've been fixated and focused and obsessed with your weight and how to lose it, I just want to point out to you an alternative, my plan, and I want to show you how you don't know any of it, Okay. So in my plan, there's really three pillars. And I, and I say pillars, but I'm making a, a weird shape, right? I'm doing like a pyramid. Mindset, lifestyle, eating. The mindset thing is six parts. Motivation, how to motivate yourself. Genuinely, how to genuinely motivate yourself. You don't know how to do it. You just have spontaneous, the moon, you need the moons and the plans to align for you to feel motivated. You don't know how to do it yourself. Motivation. The next one's self-image, your identity, your self-image. You have to shift that and change it because that's what's happening. This is inside out weight loss. The next one is habits. How do you run your habits? What's the structure of habits? What do you do? Well, you don't even know, okay? Next one is emotions. How do you feel the emotions you want and deal with the emotions you don't wanna feel? Because right now your main strategy for doing that is using food. The next one is thinking. How do you think? What are the mindsets? Solution-oriented, growth mindset, fixed mindset. There's all like the science of mindset. Do you know it? You don't. And so we go through that. My program is a 60-page workbook that you fill out. It's intense. It's like a college course compressed in eight weeks. And then the final thing is maintenance. Do you know how to maintain? You don't know how to maintain because you think you need to get all the weight off first and then you're going to think about maintenance completely backwards. You need to start in your maintenance on day one because you got to maintain to day two, <laughs> to week two, to week three. You know what I mean? So you got to know maintenance and you need to have a plan for it. And you don't. Um, then there's a lifestyle piece that's broken down to eight habits that are absolutely crucial. And then there's the eating blueprint. And we break that down, too. You know, but you don't know any of those. And you've been thinking about weight loss and obsessing on it for all this time. So what are you doing? You're cycling through the same stuff because you're in a state of hypnosis, all right? Um, so how do I transfer my ability? Yeah, so so look at the deeper things. How'd you think about drinking? What are the thoughts that started to cause you? That's gonna be more valuable to you than the specific techniques. Um, at 49 and multiple attempts, scared to fail again. Yeah, put in the work to only gain it back. Exactly, exactly. That's why I tell you, almost all of my clients in my, my career have been 40, 40 plus, you know? Because you need to... You, you get to this point where you've, you try 20, 30, 50, 100 diets and then it don't work. And as soon as you do that, every time you're, you're linking failure to those diets. So your subconscious mind at this point is trying to protect you. It's saying it's not going to work. So why even go through the pain? Because the only thing worse than not losing weight is losing it and then putting it back on. Then it's extra disappointment. It's, it's awful. Okay. So I get it. But there's a solution. There is a solution. Someone says, what do you think of fasting for a whole day or two days a week? It's fine if you want to do it. My experience with doing that is that I... I start obsessing on food. I do that for a day or two. And then when I start eating again, I, I'm ravenous. I can't stop eating. So that's my experience. I find that fasting longer than 12 hours for me, and I never do it anymore. I fast every day 12 hours in, in the evening there, and I never fast more than a day because when I do, I start, I just trigger myself to get obsessed with food. I start getting really hungry. And then as soon as I start eating, I'm super hungry. All right. So that's my feeling. But if you don't have that, you, you do what you want. But again, my my core of uh, weight loss philosophy, and I say this a million times in my program is there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. OK. And that's again, that's the opposite of the diet mindset. Right. The diet says you don't know what the hell you're doing. You need my plan. Here you go. How is someone who doesn't even know you going to give you a plan that works for you? 
Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of these diets have decent ideas and philosophies, and no doubt. So you take what works for you and discard the rest, but you are creating a one-size-fits-one plan for you. You're a one-of-a-kind person. No one has your genetics, your preferences, your lifestyle. So you need to create a plan that's based around you. Now, that takes more work initially, but it sets you up for long-term success, right? Um, someone said, I stopped drinking because I found I had nothing to offer me. It became undesirable in my mind. Okay, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that one second, but I want to. I saw people writing down how long they've been trying to lose weight. Twenty two years, forty years. Um, I'm my own worst enemy. You are your own worst enemy, but you're also your own best support and your own best hero. Okay, I want you to know that. Twenty two years and highly successful in my career. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, and that's that's who I work with. I, I really like like because because it's an investment to work with me, and so I, I give everything away for free because I want to help people now, and so I've oriented that. But to work with me again, it's an investment because that's an important part of the process. But regardless, I work with successful professionals typically, and we map those skills because I say this to people, right? So I I, I just said this yesterday in a, in a coaching call we had that. You, the people I work with are people that think a lot, right? So I, I'm not saying we're necessarily the smartest. I'm certainly not the smartest person, but I am a thinker. I've been an overthinker since the second I was born. I'm just constantly. Now, this is the same brain and genetics I had when I was 50 pounds heavier and I was binge drinking. So the problem is you never learned how to run this brain. And what's happening is just like a computer garbage in, garbage out, your powerful brain is running really shitty programming and you're getting shitty results. So it's not that it's not that you don't have a wicked powerful. I always say it's like it's like you got a super, um, you got a powerful sports car, but you never learn how to drive it, and so you basically just drive it into a pole fast, you know, and that's the problem. So it's really important to recognize that the, the problem is not you. The problem is the programs you're running. Your weight loss programs are from the diets. You see what I mean? They're, they're limited programs. So when I just tell you my program, you never even think that way. 40 years, 22 years, 30 years, 30 years up and down, right? All of these, think about how long those are and you're all smart people. How is this possible, right? How can it be? And it's because you never learn anything new. It's You're looking for the next diet. You're looking for the next shortcut. What's the thing you're considering now? Maybe they get in this diabetic medication. Maybe that's where I'm at now. Maybe the surgery, Oh, maybe, hopefully, oh, maybe I'll do the South Beach. What are you thinking? You know what I mean? Because the problem is not those things. The problem is up here in your head. It's what, you are your own best or worst hypnotist because you're talking to yourself 24 hours a day up in your head. And the things you are saying to yourself are keeping you overweight. It's not the fact that you don't have enough information. It's that you don't know how to think in the proper way to get the results you want. You know, and here you are, you're all smart people, 40 years, 30 years, 22 years, and you're no closer to understanding how to lose weight than when you started. And that is an indication that you're obsessed, fixated on shortcuts. And simultaneously that, I, listen, I'm not saying I, I got the, all the answers in the world, but I find it very surprising that me, just me alone, because this has been a path I've had to blaze on my own. Now, why did I start this path? My dad died when I was nine years old. He was 54 and had a heart attack right? He was obese. He was, you know, his lifestyle wasn't the healthiest. Greatest guy on the planet in my book. I mean, this guy in a lot of people's books, he was just a very well-liked, well-loved person. And he died because he, well, I mean, again, it was a little bit, he didn't know as much. I think back then in the eighties, 1984, you didn't know as much about the health and the, the lifestyle connection. I don't think as we do now, but he knew enough because he knew he had heart issues and he could not change his behaviors. He could not lose weight. As much, and he loved us more than anything in the world, but he did not know how to change his behaviors. And so 
I, I remember being nine years old and saying, I'm not going on that path. Never, never going to happen to me. 10 years later, I was 50 pounds heavier and I was binge drinking three, four times a week. Right? So all that intention and knowledge and design, I'm not going to do it. Oh yeah, you are. Why? Because I had that programming. I had that shitty programming in me and it was just running. And your ability to try and lose weight was basically metaphorically this. You have your subconscious mind with all the programs in it and they run on autopilot. And you get spontaneously motivated to lose weight and you use your willpower, which is your conscious willpower, and you try and fight against these. Come on, no. Let's eat a cookie tonight. Let's have some ice cream. Nope, nope, we're trying to lose weight. And you can do that for a little while, but eventually you get tired, bored, distracted, sick, whatever. And this part just... And this part just goes, nah, that's what I thought. Let's just do this. Now, it's not that your subconscious mind's an enemy. Right? So someone said, I'm my own worst enemy. I, I don't like that because, you know, again, the start of this is, it's not about hating yourself. It's not that this part wants you to be overweight. This part just does what it did. Your, your subconscious mind is very computer-like in the sense that it's not logical. It's very illogical. It just links things together. And it says, oh, okay, you know, 10 years ago, we sat on the sofa and ate some ice cream and it felt really good. And so we just kept on doing it. And it was relaxing, it was calm, and we had a shitty day, and we sat down, and it felt better. And so now your subconscious mind says, you know what? Eating ice cream feels nice. And your conscious mind says, yeah, but it's making us overweight, and we want to lose weight. And your subconscious mind says, yeah, but it makes us feel nice. Let's just feel nice for a little while. You see? And so this is where you're at. This, is, this defines your weight loss approach, right? Is that it's you trying to fight against yourself. You feel like your worst enemy. You know, but you're not. You're not your worst enemy. It's like getting mad at your computer because you don't have a program on it that you want to run. You see what I mean? And so what I'm trying to tell you is this, that you, 40 years, 22 years, 30 years of trying to lose weight, and you don't even have an idea of how your mind works. You don't have a single clue of how your mind works. Why can't you do it? Oh, because I don't have willpower. I don't keep craving foods. You, you're describing it. Don't take this the wrong way. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to be honest with you. You're describing it like a child. You've got a child's awareness of your situation. It's it just so superficial, so limited. You know what I mean? Compare that to your work, right? So when you say I'm very highly successful in my career, think about the granularity you have about your career, the knowledge, the understanding, the systematic understanding, the paradigm you exist within. Something goes wrong, you look at it, you can fix it, you understand it, right? And then it comes to weight loss and it's like, superstition, um, I don't know, let's try it, let's see if this works, I don't know. How can that be after 30 years? How many diets have you studied, right? And so the point, I say this to you to break you out of the trance. Stop with the diets. That's not the problem. The problem is you don't know how to get yourself to think, feel, and behave like a thin person. And you can read all the books in the world. You can read all the diets in the world, and they're not going to help you do that. I don't know. Now, again, how can it be that hypnosis is the only solution? On one hand, I say it can't be. <laughs> it just can't be. But I don't know what else it is. I don't know what else it is. And it's not me hypnotizing you, by the way. So my program is called Program Yourself Then. And the very first thing you learn is a self-hypnosis technique so you can hypnotize yourself because you are your own best or worst hypnotist. Like I made a video. You're going to hypnotize yourself to be overweight or you're going to hypnotize yourself to be thin. There's no other option. You are going to hypnotize yourself because that's what you've been doing your entire life. And it's what you're going to continue doing because you're a subconscious creature. You're not a conscious, logical creature. If you were, why would you have a weight issue? If you just knew what you should do and then you would just do it, well, what's the problem? Well, the problem is you know you want to lose weight, you know you want to eat better, and you intend to do it, and then when it gets time to actually do it, some part of you that you have no clue, no description, you can't even describe it. Some part of you, though, compels you to eat the wrong thing. And you say, oh, shit, I don't know. What happened? 
And then you get off track and then you just repeat the same thing and you never learn anything. You never grow. You never evolve. You can't even explain it. What, what am I doing? How can I can't explain it? Right? And it's like, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know why it's like this, you know? So I blaze my own trail. That's what I'm telling you. So it's like, and, and by the way, when I say I blaze my own trail, it all started just pure, I, I call it a miracle. It, for me, it was a miracle. I genuinely mean this. I was 19 years old. I was 54 pounds heavier than I am now. I was binge drinking. I was miserable took a semester off from college and magically this is why i call it it's a magic a miracle i don't know what you want to call it in two months i was exposed to hypnosis neurolinguistic programming tony robbins guitar martial arts and yoga did i say yoga yeah um and meditation that was part of it but that, i'll make it so i started doing all those things like two months it was unbelievable and so I couldn't believe it. Like I started transforming from the inside out. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was absolutely transformative. Like in a way that anyone transforms in life, like that's what happened to me. And I was so amazed at what happened to me that I, I was getting a degree in finance and investments. And I, I got certified as a hypnotist, neurolinguistic program. I got certified in Tony Robbins thing. I became a certified yoga instructor, Reiki. And I just got obsessed with this. I just, I've read thousands of books, literally. I read a book every week because I'm obsessed with this stuff. I want to help other people. Why? Because this isn't about looking good in a bathing suit. That's a nice thing. Great. Okay. This is about living longer, right? For me, my experience, my dad died when I was nine. This is about life and death to me. I want you to be on this planet as long as you can. I want you to have the best quality of life while you're here on this planet. I want you to look good too while you're doing it. Sure. But I want you to live longer. This again is part of that diet hypnosis. When they focus you on how you look, that takes away the focus of literally the weight is reducing your lifespan. Do you know that? Look up the Framingham Heart Study. If you're overweight in a woman, you're going to lose 3.3 years of your life on average. If you're obese, you're going to lose 7.1 years of your life on average. Think about that. Where in right now, I was thinking to myself today, I was like, really what it is, because the Framingham Heart Study, it's been going on since 1946. And I was looking at it today and I found... One of their big things they found out, and I think it was 1963, if I get the year right, but it was somewhere around there. And they found people that smoke were dying a lot quicker. 1960, right? Because I don't know if you remember, right? So I was born in 1974, and I remember growing up, and everyone was smoking when I was, when I was really young. But then I was there when people started saying, hey, maybe cigarettes are bad for you. And now the kids can't even imagine, right? Kids, how could you not know cigarettes were bad for you? But if you're my age or older you remember don't you no one no one thought cigarettes were giving you cancer they sat on that right and so people were smoking for a good 20 30 50 60 years when they knew they were causing cancer this is what's going on with the food <laughs> you're thinking like oh i want to look better and lose weight the the food and the extra weight is causing you to live less it's just like the cigarettes but you're blind to it you know what i mean again people are in a state of hypnosis with the cigarettes you know, they wanted to smoke. They didn't want to smoke. Uh, it smells funny. That makes your teeth yellow, whatever. We all knew that, but we did not put the dots together. It was right there in front of us. And it took us decades to finally really, truly internalize that cigarettes cause us to die earlier than we need to. They make us sick. Now we think about it that way. Okay. But we don't think about that way with the food. Right. When you want to lose weight, you say, oh, God, I, I love cookies. And I love ice cream. I love my fast food. I'm going to try and stop eating it so I can lose some weight and look better. Right. <laughs> That's like saying, I want to stop smoking so my breath's a little bit better. Hey, guess what? There ain't going to be enough motivation. Right. And you want to look better is not enough motivation. This is life and death, but you don't internalize it that way. 
that's a motivation thing, you know, but, um, so yeah, so you got to look at what, what's going on here. How can you be at this for so long being a smart, intelligent person who's a successful career? So you always have the willpower and the focus and the ambition and motivation to succeed when you have the right strategies in front of you, right? Those are my programs. My program's not easy. And that's why I say like, it really is typically it, it's a successful professional because they have the the focus, the, the ability to, to get through something, you know, my program is like that, you know, it, it's like a college course compressed, you know, so it is that sort of uh, experience. It's not the diet, because what do you learn on a diet? You don't have to learn anything on a diet, do you? Right? Oh, here's the meal plan. There you go. Okay, I'm gonna try and do it. You, know, you just try to force yourself to do it. You know, you don't learn anything, nothing changes. You know, and, and, and it shows right here. You are 40 years later, 22 years later in the same boat you were 40 years ago. It's unacceptable. No, it's not your fault. It's not your fault because you've literally been inundated, right? They've taken this paradigm of weight loss and they put it right over your head like a helmet. And it's all you can see or thinking. Okay. That's why I do these to try and take that helmet off for a second and say, no, there's a path. <clears throat> what would happen if you went through a 60 page blueprint, a 60 page workbook, workbook, and you had literally your customized blueprints of how to motivate yourself at the deepest level, right? So I take people through a motivation matrix where the first level is pain and pleasure, how to use pain and pleasure very explicitly to get the results you want and to motivate yourself. And level two is intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. You probably don't even know what those words are probably. I mean, maybe you heard them, but it's like, do you really know? It's a science of motivation. It's right there and you've never learned it. So you go through that and it's like all of a sudden you have the blueprints, you have like this, the ingredients to feel really motivated. Right now you don't have that. You're just, this is why you're so, like, um, what's the word? I'm thinking of the word. Is it S word? So, uh, what's the word? I can't think of it right now. It's got to come to me in one second, but you're so, uh, what's the word? Not superficial, but so, I don't know. You don't really know how to do it. So you get, like, you just hope it kind of happens. I'll think of the word in a second, but once you know how to motivate yourself and you have this blueprint, you can look at it. And you can know that is what motivates me because the things that motivate you are going to motivate you forever, right? Because right now you try and get yourself to care more about the weight loss, right? You try and force yourself. Okay, let's make weight loss more important now. You see, the better way to do it is to find out what you're already motivated about. Okay, so you're successful in your career, right? So clearly, you know, you're motivated about that, right? And so because you're motivated about your career, like everything's aligned with that because you've been motivated your career for 30 years, you see? So the things that motivate you about your career, what we want to do is we want to weave your weight loss motivation around that. We want to take what you're already motivated about and weave the weight loss around. I'll give you an example. So instead of just saying, oh, I really want to lose weight so I can look better, we want to say, well, what are, you, what are you motivated about? So a lot of people are motivated about being a parent, right? So I want to be the best parent I can. It's the most important thing in the world to me. If you don't have kids, maybe you're in a relationship. Being a, the best partner I can be is really, truly my most important thing in my life. Okay, great. So now what we want to do is say, and how is being overweight and living for 30 years, upset with your weight, trying to lose weight, obsessed about it, feeling defeated, feeling like a failure, frustrated with yourself. How is that lifestyle in that way of being impacting your ability to be the parent, the partner you want to be? Now, not because you look a certain way, not because oh, because I'm looking over where I got, uh, you know, love handles. That has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about the inside of your head. I'm talking about the emotions you feel day in and day out. If you're frustrated with yourself, if you're mad, if you're obsessed with your weight, if you're pissed that you can't lose it, if you feel depressed, 
if your body's physically operating at a subpar level, if you're diabetic, you're taking medicines, you're worried about it, all, this lifestyle cannot allow you to be the best parent you want to be. There's no way, you know? So this is the secret is to make this process not about looking better. It's about making it so that you can become the best version of you that you can be. It's taking your weight and wrapping it in personal development. That is the secret, okay? Because one other thing here as well, and if you've ever had gotten to this experience, you know what I'm talking about, that the idea that you, you're going to lose weight, right? And so everything's about losing weight, right? Everything's, well, I just want to lose the weight. I said, well, what are you going to do once you get to your goal weight? I'll figure it out then. That's what people say, right? But you're so fixated on losing weight, you don't even realize that that's not even your main goal. You don't want to lose weight. You want to lose the weight, but then you want to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. You've never said that. You've never said that. You've never thought it. And it's never going to happen because you're not fixated on that. You're fixated on losing weight. And so what happens if you even lose the weight, usually what goes on is that there's the pleasure of the food and people get rid of the pleasure of the food, but then they fill it up with the pleasure of the weight loss going down. And the scale keeps going down and that fills up and makes up for the, the pleasure of the food, right? But what happens is the weight keeps going down and then eventually you just, you get to the goal weight. Now where's your pleasure coming from? Okay. How are you going to live as a thin person now? I don't know. All I know is how to lose weight. I know this may sound silly, but if you've lost the weight, why'd you put it back on? Right? Because I mean, that's the big goal. Once you get to that goal weight, all right, everything's great. Then why'd you put the weight back on? I know because I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. So I know the nitty gritty, the nuts and bolts of why people do what they do, you know? And I've heard, if I had to sum it up in one thing, I said, well, why'd you put the weight back on? And what I've heard more than anything else in one form or another is because I didn't feel like myself, which is to say that you don't have any programming for being a thin, healthy person. You have programming for being overweight and you have programming for trying to lose weight but it becomes that back and forth. You Because even losing weight is still referencing your overweight self. Do you know that? So even right from the get-go, I would stop saying I want to lose X amount of pounds and I'd start saying I want to weigh X amount of pounds. That's a big difference. Because when you say I want to lose X amount of pounds, you're referencing your overweight body, your overweight self. Okay? And when you say I want to weigh X amount of pounds, you imagine yourself at the goal weight you want to be. And when you start articulating a better goal of, I don't just want to lose weight. I want to lose the weight and then I want to get back to my goal weight and live there the rest of my life on near autopilot because I don't want to obsess about it. I don't want to diet my whole life. I don't want to be fixated on food. I want to naturally and automatically eat and live the way I eat now. Now, now when I say eat, I don't mean eat the same way, but I mean right now, the reason it's hard for you to change your eating is because your eating is automated. It's habituated. It runs on autopilot and you're trying to change it. That's the hard part. So you can install new eating habits that keep you at a lower weight that run on autopilot that you don't need to sit there and micromanage. That's the secret to living as a thin person, you see? But you're never thinking about this stuff. You're always just thinking about weight loss and that's because you've been hypnotized by the diets. They're causing you to think in one way and it's keeping you trapped, all right? So, um, yeah, all right, let's see. I wanna get some questions. I started talking and I think I didn't even finish one of the thoughts I was just going through. Um, but I did think of the word I was thinking is superstitious. <laughs> so when it comes to weight loss, you guys are all superstitious, right? Cause you don't know what motivates you. You don't know why you keep going and why you stop, right? So your whole weight loss is driven by superstition. Cause I know this because sometimes I'll, I'll talk to people like kind of dieting and they're starting to get some good results. And I will ask them the question, what are you going to do 
when life starts coming at you, when you get stressed, when you get tired, or this thing happens, or that thing happens, and they get really upset that I ask that question because they don't want me to ruin their their motivate they're, they're they're on the flow, right? My clients can ask that question that we're always preparing. That's the maintenance piece. The maintenance piece broken down, right? So again, my my mindset piece, it's motivation. It is self-image, your self-image, how you think about yourself, your identity. It's your habits, how you understand them, how you control them, emotions, how you can influence your emotions in, in, in a powerful way, how to think like a thin person. And then there's maintenance. So what's maintenance? How do you stay on track when you're really stressed? How do you stay on track when you feel like shit? What do you do? Because you have no plan for that because you're all or nothing. You have no gray space understanding. And most of your weight mastery is going to be living in the gray space. So I'll give you this. Most people are all or nothing. Become all or something. What's going to serve you better is not to be more all as much as it is to be less nothing. <laughs> Does that, that make sense? And so you're always in the game. You're never off the wagon again. You know, even if you just got your foot in there and you're getting dragged, at least you're still in the wagon. You're always for the rest of your life in the wagon. Now, how do you do that? Well, you have no strategy to do that because all you have is the all or nothing of a diet. You see, it's not set up for long-term success. Weight loss and weight mastery are two completely different strategies, you see? And you are just obsessed on weight loss, which is really hard, by the way, because weight loss is just focused on fast results. And so you choose extreme plans and it's really hard. It would be hard for me to just start some diet and just change all my eating tomorrow. That's so much cognitive energy to change all your eating because your eating is a subconscious process. You know, like try to go to bed earlier. Let me know how that goes. That's a subconscious process, right? You're, you're programmed to go to bed at a certain time. That's why you go to bed at the same time every night. And when you try to go to bed earlier, you can't. It's not because you're a dummy. It's not because you have no willpower. It's because it's a subconscious process and you don't know how to influence your subconscious mind, which is to say you don't know how to influence yourself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's how important it is. And so again, I, I don't mean to come across like like too harsh here, but I think it's important that I say things as they are because you're never hearing this message. You never hear this message ever. I know it. I know it. I don't know. Like there's people that do hypnosis for weight loss and they have great stuff, but I think I just come at a different spot. I'm not trying to sound conceited or something, but I just think I, I fill a unique void um, in the weight loss world, you know, which is everyone's telling you what to do. And there's, I don't know who's showing you how to do it consistently. Who's got a plan for how to do this regularly? You know, I just don't see it. You know, so again, I don't want to make it sound harsh if I'm, I'm calling this you out on these things, but I'm trying to wake you up, I'm trying to wake you up from the hypnosis you're in so that you can start doing a better plan, you know, because another 30 years go by and you're in the same place. You never get any further. I know this because I've, I've had so many conversations with people in their 70s, sometimes even 80s. They just want to get this area of their life down, you know. Um, I want the fattening foods. I don't want to exercise. I can't seem to make myself do it consistently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want the, you want that fattening food. You're associated to it, you know? And so all your programming is making you overweight, you know? And the only strategy you have is to try and use your conscious willpower to fight it. Your willpower is your prefrontal cortex. Okay. Your prefrontal cortex is about 10% of your brain. The rest of your brain is your subconscious mind. It's 90% of your brain. And the 90% of your brain runs on autopilot. It's very, very energy efficient. And your prefrontal cortex takes tons of energy. Your willpower starts here at the beginning of the day and it goes down all throughout the day to its lowest point. You know, your subconscious mind has always run the same. You know, so it's important that you, again, your strategy right from the get-go is set up for failure. You know, because it's not, it doesn't make sense to take the weakest part of our brain and have a fight against the strongest part of our brain and expect it's going to work. You know, and again, you, you know this already. I mean, you, now at least you have words and an explanation for why it hasn't worked. And I'm happy about that because neuroscientifically, when we can't 
once we can label something, it's a, it's a profound state because before we can label something, our mind just keeps looping around and wondering what's wrong with us. And that's the state you're in now. You're in a perpetual state of looping around wondering what's wrong with you. Why can't you lose the weight? You know, because you have no conceptual idea of the granularity, the granular concepts and ideas that lead to weight loss. You see, that's why I break down the mindset piece, lifestyle piece. Let me tell you about the lifestyle piece. So, you know, you may be sitting there saying, yeah, you know what? I do need to change my lifestyle. Well, what's that mean? It's just, it's just happy talk. You don't even know what that word means. You know, you, you know what it means, but you don't know the granularity of what, what is a healthy lifestyle? You, granularity, being able to break it down into more than just a word, just a concept, a vague idea. Do you know what lifestyle means? Do you? Because I do. I got eight habits that, that I always teach people. And I'm going to say the eight habits to you. And you say, well, geez, that's sounds like a lot. Well, yeah, well, I make it practical. I just did this yesterday with someone. We, we did four of them in a one minute routine. You see what I mean? So what I'm all about is practicality. You know, so yeah, I, I don't know. Let me, so it's like a diet plan, right? The one, the, one of the craziest ones I've seen lots of, them, but one that always sticks in my head. I remember it was a meal plan. It was a weight loss plan for 30 days and it was three meals a day. And each meal was different each one of the days. So it was 90 different meals. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't think of anything more overwhelming than that. Okay. And so you have to understand that what, what the diets do is they focus on a concept, one concept. The classic of this is don't eat carbs, right? Conceptually, that's one of the simplest ideas on the planet. Don't eat any carbs. I can do that. In actuality, behavioral, it's a whole different story. So what I find is that the most important thing is making things practical so you can actually do them. Okay. But let's go back to the lifestyle piece. What am I talking about? What would you, what do you think lifestyle is? What would you say? Think, I want you to think about the answer now in your mind. When I say you're going to have a healthier lifestyle, what do you think? You know, I want you to think about it in your mind and I'll lay out what, what I think it is. You know, the eight things I teach my, my clients. Okay. Ready? And I want you to, how many things did you think? Write them down if you want to, you know? So this is what I think a healthy lifestyle is. And I think this makes all the difference in the world. I think on a physical level, I think the mindset's most important on a psychological level and there's a physical impact to it, but it's mostly mental, psychological, um, non-physical. And then once we, it's almost like a tree, right? The mindset's like the roots growing underneath the ground. And then the lifestyle and the eating is above the ground, right? That's the physical part. And so the physical part is crucial. I think it's the most important thing. I would never even focus on eating until I have my lifestyle down. Knowing all the mindset stuff I do, having all my eating strategies I have, they would all fall apart if my lifestyle um, fell apart, okay? So here we go. Lifestyle pieces, these eight habits, write them down if you want to. Um, sleeping, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude, right? So when you start adding these three, these eight things into your life regularly in a very simple way. We always reduce to the ridiculous. Let's make it really simple because you program yourself then it's consistency over intensity. Oh, it's the opposite of dieting, right? Because dieting, your intensity over consistency, you don't give a shit. I just want to just let me get results. I don't care what I got to do. I don't care how extreme the plan is. I'll do it. No, you won't. Not for long. Wake up. Stop Stop with that mindset. Stop saying that to yourself. It's not true. You know, you're not going to do it. You'll do it for a little bit, then you won't get results. And here you will be 10 years from now. Same thing. So when you start really dedicating yourself to those lifestyle pieces in a strategic way, that's easy and simple to do. And you start doing those, you have those things in your life for a week, for a month, for a year. Oh my God, right? For a decade? It changes you at a cellular level. It changes your biochemistry. Everything changes for the better when you have a lifestyle that has those ingredients in it. And I had two more to it as well, but the bonus ones are helpful. But those eight ones are the core ones. You know, once you get those down, guess what? Your eating becomes way easier. 
way easier, right? So it's a prevention mindset. We don't want to fight against cravings. We want to prevent them. Your lifestyle is, it's, I use the metaphor of like a, like a car, right? So it's like when you want to stop your car, what's the first thing you do? You take your foot off the gas, right? You don't keep your foot slammed on the gas and then just really push down on the brake, right? That'd be crazy. But isn't that what you're doing when you try a diet? You're not changing your lifestyle. Everything's the same. But I'm going to eat different. Your lifestyle is like the gas pedal pushed all the way down and it's cranking up your unhealthy cravings. It's got your moods all over the place. Your energy levels are trash. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, it, your lifestyle is impacting all the factors that you need to, uh, your, your, your lifestyle is impacting all the factors that are influencing your eating. You see? So it's like right now, it's like, it's like metaphorically, it's like you got your foot down on the gas. Your lifestyle is trash and it's making you feel horrible and it's affecting you physically, biochemically, even epigenetically. And then you're trying to put the brake down and, and stop all the bad behaviors. Okay. So when you fix the lifestyle, it's kind of like you've eased off on the on the gas. And now you don't have to push as hard down on the brake. You kind of just already slow down. It makes it all easier. Okay. Again, strategic stra strategy, right? Diets aren't strategic. Okay. Diets are just tactics, right? You've been fed a steady diet of tactics. <laughs> you've got general, I'll stop eating carbs. I'll eat more protein. Um, I don't, I'll intermittent fast. Uh, I'll try this new diabetic medication. You know, you got like these different tactics you're going to try, but there's no cohesive strategy, you know, and because you never taught one, they don't want you to have one because everyone's making money off you being overweight. And I think, I think the obesity conspiracy in my mind is three people, the food companies, which are the second biggest advertisers on the planet. And they're creating, they're just like the cigarette companies. They're selling very addictive substances that are killing us and making us sick. So the food companies and then their subsidiaries of the diets right? They own all the big diets. And so all the big diets, you know, just are with them. And then the third one, I think is the medical establishment. You know, I think that they understate how much the weight's affecting us. And I'm not going to get into because I don't know why. I, I mean, clearly we have a medical establishment that's more focused and I love the medical establishment, a lot of stuff, but I definitely, I want to call them out and say, listen, we've never had more medical care than ever and watch the obesity rates are just skyrocketing. And so it's doesn't not lost on me that we have a medical establishment that, that definitely seems to be more interested in treating the symptoms than the causes. And hey, there's a lot of money to be made off of people with their weight issues and the health issues that come from that. So take it or leave it. I, you know what I mean? Is that's too far for you? I don't know. But but to me, that seems like the big three. Because if you go into the doctor and you're 50 pounds overweight and the doctor says, ah, you know, you're a little overweight, you should lose some weight. And that's it. And they'll let you go. <laughs> Is that, should they tell you more? Because, well, if that, that's going to reduce my life. Shouldn't you make a bigger deal out of this? Shouldn't you have some strategy, something for me? Anything? Medical establishment? Smart doctor? Do, do you got anything for me? Other than I should lose some weight? That's it? How can it be? I am, again, here I'm at just one guy, and I am not the smartest guy. How can, how can I know more about weight loss than doctors? How can I know more about weight loss than the medical establishment? Do I? I don't know. Because <laughs> who are you going to go to? Who are you going to help lose your weight? Are you going to get surgery? What are you going to do? You're going to get some medicine, some pills? That's our only path, right? I guess, because that's what they want to do. You know, and maybe it's because it is hard psychologically. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, to do that, but, but where are you going to learn? I don't know where you go. I don't know where you go and life's short and it's shorter if you don't take care of this. And so I don't know where you're going to go. Diets. Well, I don't know what you do, you know, but it's real serious stuff was what we're talking about here. Okay. Someone says my weight gain was medic. My weight gain was medication. I'm still angry. I will keep watching. Thank you. Um, my weight gain was medication. So I'm assuming you took medication, then you started gaining weight. Can we see a photo of you overweight? Um, yeah, I put one. Go, I'll tell you how you go find it. Go watch. Um, 
If you want to learn more of this, I'm kind of, I do these lives, but the one downside of these lives, I'm kind of bouncing, bing bonging all over the place. So if you want to go see kind of like a, a straight training video I put together, um, click on my bio in the description and it's, it's the three steps to master your weight, right? You, you see that all you have to do, click the link, put your email address, name and email address and click the play button. And then there's a right, right in the first minute or two, there's a picture of me when I was overweight, when I was 50 pounds heavier, right? Cause I can't, I don't know how to put pictures up here anyways. I don't think I can while I'm doing lives. Um, bum, bum. how do I join? Um, you can't join my program. Like you can't just join it. Okay. So as I said before, the, the main motivation you all know about weight loss is the spontaneous pain-based motivation. And in that state, you're like, I'll do anything. And so I've, I've been doing this for, for professionally for 20 years. And so to be honest, the, the worst person, I, not the worst person, I, 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 I care for all of you. And I know, I don't blame any of you for this. I, I know it's just all conditioning. However, um, it's not helpful for me and it's certainly not help for a person to just get real emotional and just be able to join a program. So what I do is you have to kind of jump through a couple hoops in a sense to, to kind of work with me. And so what you have to do is go watch that training first. So you can't just go to a page and join my program. Um, you got to be able to sit through a 30 minute training <laughs> and most people can't just to be honest, you know? And so I do this just to, as a kind of a qualifier in a sense for both of us, you know, cause I don't want you to waste your time, energy or money. And I don't want to waste mine either. So if you're interested in finding out what I do, um, go click on that link, go watch the training. And then I, I talk about my program and you, and you can learn about it. Okay. But yeah, there's no way just to join it. Cause, um, again, the, you can't just get emotional and just get, just try and do it. You know, you gotta, you gotta do more. Someone says, good to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. And if y'all have any questions, ask them. I'm going to go, I'm going to move through it quicker. I won't talk so long. Fixate on the immediate losing because of the pain that is in the present. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the, that's the process you're in. That's the hypnosis that you feel this intense pain sometimes notice this, right? So I'll give you a metaphor. And this is, this is what I teach in my motivation piece is that you, with weight, it's interesting because the weight comes on a pound at a time, okay? And so one of the unique things about weight is that you habituate to it in real time. And so metaphorically, it's kind of like you feel the pain of the weight, but you feel it like you're carrying like a backpack that's full of bricks. And it's like you're kind of stooped over and you know, oh God, this weight is, is heavy, right? What you need to do is you need to transform that weight from a dull, chronic pain into an acute, sharp pain, like the sharp point of a knife, because right? they're both pain, but one pain gets you to take action and the other pain you just live with, you see? And so you have no sense of really how to do that. But once you understand how to do that, you're much more motivated, okay? And when you have motivation, everything else becomes easier. Let me give you a, a thought experiment to prove my point. If uh, the person you love the most in your life was kidnapped and the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight in the next month, you're never going to see this person again. I know it's unpleasant, but just go with me for a second. They said, you're never going to see this person again if you don't lose weight. Would you struggle to lose weight or would you start losing weight immediately? What if the kidnapper said, I'm going to put all your favorite foods around you the whole month too? Would it even matter? Would it even matter? Or would you be so fixated on getting that person back that you would just be so focused on your goal and so truly motivated that you would lose the weight? You see? So when you can understand how to influence your motivation it's the engine that drives the car and right now you don't even have an engine you're in a bicycle trying you're on a skateboard he's kick pushing right and it's like you have no sense of motivation and how to influence it and this is the core reason to take it a step further and don't get upset with me you don't even really want to lose weight you wish you'd lose weight right your wish is is off the charts level 10 your want in terms of what you're willing to do and how committed and how much of a decision you made is very very low 
And again, it's not a judgment. It's a awareness. You got to acknowledge where you're at so you can fix it. If you don't know it's broken, you can't fix it. And the main thing you have to fix before anything else is your motivation. You're not truly motivated to lose weight. And you're judging yourself as if you were though which is the big problem, okay? You need to recognize, no, I'm not really motivated. I'm pretty ambivalent. I, I really wish I'd lose weight, really wish it would happen. Uh, but, and the reason you feel that way, by the way, is because you don't, you don't even have a plan in front of you. You have no way, you know what I mean? So again, you're just hoping, you know? But um, again, so, and this is always a test. This is how I say it. And I know, I know most of the people watching this just aren't really, don't, don't really want to lose weight. You know, again, it'd be nice if it could magically happen. And I always say that because, that if you watch my training, <laughs> my training is probably the most enlightening and eye-opening, even listening to this. I mean, let's be honest. Again, I'm not trying to be conceited. I just know what I'm saying is so different than what you normally hear. I know this. I've been doing this for 30 years personally and 20 years professionally. So I know this is an unusual thing for you to hear when it comes to weight. But it's like my training is even more impactful. It's, it, it's 30 minutes that will probably change the way you think about your weight forever. And so if you've been trying to lose weight for 30 years, 20 years, 40 years, and you're not motivated, motivated enough to go watch that training, then you're probably not that motivated. And you should take that as a sign to stop beating yourself up, at least, and recognize the problem is that you can't lose weight. The problem is you don't want to lose weight. You know, and so go watch that training. You know, if you're serious, that, that's your first test, right? See if you can do that. Can you put, you know, can you click that link? Can you put your name and email address in that box? And you're immediately brought to the page. But the biggest challenge is this one, it seems, because I watch the numbers, you know, the biggest thing that stops people, maybe you won't, you won't believe this. It's pushing the play button, you know, 50% of the people click the link, put their name, email address, and they never click the play button. But that's, that's what I'm talking about. You know, you get in this emotional state and then you don't follow through. You know, that's why I say, you know, really the people I'm typically able to help, I'll, I'll shortcut this for you, is, is successful professionals. People that have successful, they're successful in their careers have a skill set that I'm able to utilize and map over to weight loss, you know? So we're not developing those skills. You already have them and now we're just mapping them over. It's a much easier process. It's a lot harder if you, you know, if you're struggling in a lot of areas of life. So I, I don't, listen, I'm still helping you, okay? And even if you can't make it to the training, push the play button, opt in anyways, because I said, literally the second you opt in tomorrow, I start sending you motivational emails. I, so I'm going to help you. Okay. I want you to understand my mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. Okay. So whether you have any, you want to invest with me, any money at all, I'm going to help you in more ways than anyone else is going to. That's my goal. And so I will literally, I said every day, I'm going to send you an email, except for Sundays. Every day, I'm going to send you emails that are going to help condition you and get you to think about weight differently. So go go sign up. Don't watch the training if you don't want to, okay? I'm still going to help you. Um, I'm going to send you hypnosis sessions. I'm going to send you different training. So, and I do these all the time. Watch my TikToks, watch my podcasts, you know, or listen to my podcasts, watch my YouTube. I, I put all this stuff out for free to help you, okay? But if you're really serious, if you're a person, again, who's a successful professional, you understand what it means to invest in yourself. You understand how to commit to something. You just need someone to show you what to do, you know, and you haven't had that yet. And, and, and again, what I do is that. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, look at that. Someone wrote something in Greek. Yes, I am Greek. Vasily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like Katsoulis. I, I wish I learned to speak Greek. I did not, though. <laughs> let's see. Uh, no, no. Someone said, you've helped me a lot during the last month. Drop five kilograms. Yeah, this is the way I live my life forever. Hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I get a lot of that now, you know? So it's, that's what I mean. Like, I, you know, in case you didn't know, uh, really I made a decision 
kind of the end of last year, last fall, I, I really kind of reevaluated what I was doing because the last couple of years, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. And so I've, I've kind of alternated between like doing private coaching, a um, little bit of group coaching, and, and I've created a lot of programs and put those out there. And the last like five years or so, I've been doing a lot of like coaching one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I certified a bunch of people on how to do the program yourself, then method, how to coach and, and do it with other people themselves. And I really kind of took a step back and said, again, yeah, my mission is really to help as many people as possible with their goal weight. I said, how can I do this? And so I really kind of reorganized everything. Uh, and now I pulled back from the one-on-one -on -one coaching um, to free up time. And I redid my program in a way. So again, it's an intense program. And so you learn this program yourself thin technique, this hypnosis technique you use on yourself, self-hypnosis technique. Um, you go through the 60-page workbook, the, the, these blueprints, these weight mastery blueprints that are customized to you. And then there's a ton of hypnosis I use to reinforce things. Um, and, and, that, and that's kind of the core of the program. And so that, that I offer now. And then we have coaching calls and all the rest of it. And so what I did, though, is I freed up a lot of time so that I can make literally TikTok videos, which is, it sounds funny to say. But, but again, TikTok, uh, you know, again, it is goofy dances on one hand, but it's also you could put really valuable information out, you know, so it's like in, in bite-sized pieces. Um, and then I just do these live streams all the time. Again, I just want to help as many people as possible because I know as you start hearing this over and over again, this new way of thinking, what it's going to do is it's almost metaphorically, it's like giving you a new pair of glasses that you can look out and you can see through the bullshit of all the weight loss strategies out there. Because as far as I know, I, what, what works? What weight loss strategy works? <laughs> you know, what diet? What diet's working for you? You know, and so what I do is, first of all, everything I'm teaching was based on things that have worked for people that were successful. So everything I'm teaching is real life, practical strategies that have worked for other people, you know, but that's not enough, you know, because you're your own person. So it's about customizing those strategies for you, you know, hence the work sheets, the workbook, the six pay workbook, where you come up with your own custom blueprints, you know, you're coming up with your own strategy. That's what you need. That's how you got to think about this. And when you have your own motivation strategy to get you fired up, ready to run through a wall motivation, when you understand a self-image, who do you want to be? You've never sat down and crafted your own self-image. You've just absorbed it from the people you grew up around and the experiences you've had. You never sat down and said, who do I want to be? What's the best version of me? And that's where, that's where the real work starts, by the way. And that's what the whole process is. Wanting to lose weight just doesn't mean anything to your brain. It, it's... It's just, it's an impotent goal. You know, that's the first problem. So you got to make this about more than just wanting to lose weight. You got to make this about wanting to be the person who you want to be. Living is the best version of you. And well, now we're tapping into way more motivation anyways, and it's a much more fun process. And then you have a blueprint about your specific habits, your worst habits and how to resolve them. Like, did you even know, once you have, habits are just neural wiring, okay? Did you know you can't get rid of the wiring? Which is to say you can't get rid of your bad habits. Did you know that? This is why you've tried to diet for a year and then you go back and next thing you know, the habits are right there like they never went away. They didn't go away. You just, you, you forced them down for a while and then they were right there the whole time. So how do you change your bad habits into good ones? Well, you have to put new wiring over them, new wiring that will run automatically and you have to do it strategically. You can't just force it. You don't even know about habits, you know? So once you understand them, Makes it a lot easier. I use the, the idea of like a carburetor. I don't even know carburetors in cars, um, but they get gummed up and, and junky sometimes. And I don't, cars don't really have carburetors anymore. But what you would do is you take the carburetor out of the engine. You would take the carburetor apart, clean it, fix the parts, put it back together, put it back in the car, and it runs. That's kind of how you should think about your habits, you know? And that, that's what we do. You know, you identify and you break them all down. 
um, your emotions, right? You, you probably have very little idea of how to feel the emotions you want and to not feel the emotions you don't want. And so that's why your best strategy is probably food. Probably, you know, how do you relax? How do you deal with stress? What do you do when you're depressed? If you eat, what you're doing, right? What you try to do to stop that is you eat to feel better. Let's just put it that way, right? Eating is how you relax. Let's just use that as an example. And what you do is you say, let's get rid of the eating. Well, guess what? You just got rid of the relaxation too, right? So you get two days into that and you say, oh, great, I'm eating better, but I'm ready to kill someone. This sucks. I'd rather be overweight. Let's, let's relax again. You see? So what you want to do is you want to keep the relaxation. You want to get rid of the eating, so how do you relax in ways that don't involve eating? Well, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know how to do that. So how are you going to change your your emotional eating? You know, and then thinking. You know, your mindset, right? How do you think like a thin person? Right? Do you know about your internal dialogue? Do you know about that little hypnotist in your head that's talking to you? Because that is what's keeping you at your goal weight or at your weight now. And it's the thing you have to change to get to your goal weight, okay? But you got this little voice chirping in your head. It's saying certain things to you. It's asking you certain questions. It's keeping you fixated in a certain way. And it's keeping you stuck. It's keeping you anchored right where you are. So the way to change that is to change that internal dialogue, to ask better questions, to understand a fixed and a growth mindset, to understand solution and problem-oriented thinking, to understand transformational grammar. <laughs> like, it ain't rocket science, but it's also something that you're not spontaneously going to come up with either, you know? And so, like I said, I've been, I've been doing this for 30 years personally, obsessed with it. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. And it's the, the sessions that matter. I, I, I say this sometimes, you know, I did a series um, years ago called The Elite Body. And I interviewed some of the top fitness professionals, trainers, nutritionists on the planet. And I remember one guy specifically, Kyle, Craig Ballantine, and um, he had turbulence training at the time, right? And at the time, it was one of the top fitness programs on, on the internet. And I said, what do you do when you have a client who's not motivated? And he goes, what? He said, I don't know. What do you, and I said, what do, you, what do you mean you don't know? And he goes, when they come and work with me, they're motivated. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, well, what about when they're not motivated? How, what do you do with them? He goes, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. When they come, they come to me, they're all, they are motivated. I said, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> right? Because my, my whole career has been helping people get motivated. And it made me think like, okay, well, what's a nutritionist dietitian doing? How do they motivate people? But they don't have the same thing, right? <laughs> They're getting someone who's like, okay, let me, let me do it. And so then they do it, you know, people go see the nutritionist, they get the plan and then they, they follow it or they don't, right? But what it comes down to is like, how do you get yourself to do the things you already know? Who, who's helping you with that? Who? Jeez, you go see a therapist and what, are you going to analyze it all? Well, that's not what you need. Um, a coach, well, do they really work with weight loss and, and, and all the specific structures of that? Not really. So who do you learn how to actually live like a thin, healthy person? Who are you going to go listen to? I'm going to listen to hypnosis sessions. Well, I ain't going to work, unfortunately. And I'm saying that as a hypnotist. I have not found long-term success that people have achieved from listening to hypnosis, to be honest. It can, it's a good support. So if it's part of a strategy, then I think it's good. Um, but just listening to like a session or a couple sessions, it does not work long-term typically is what I've seen. And so I think you have to, what's that saying, right? Give a person a fish, feed them for a day, teach a person to fish, feed them for a lifetime, right? You need to learn how to hypnotize yourself because your subconscious mind is running the whole show. And so you need to learn how to influence your subconscious mind. And the only way I know how to do that is through hypnosis, you know? So learning hypnosis, learning how to self, I call it self-hypnotic programming. 
It's kind of an ode to NLP, neurolinguistic programming, and self-hypnosis. And so it's the ability to program your subconscious mind to do it, to have it do the things you want it to do. Now, here's why I think hypnosis doesn't work just on its own, is that I think, you know, this idea of hypnosis is that I'm going to put you into some deep trance and I'm going to put a spell on you that's going to change you forever. And I think that that idea, and I think hypnotists fall in this idea. I think hypnotists don't know what the hell they're doing a lot of times, to be completely honest. And they're just reading a script, you know? Again, I don't mean to throw my hypnotist brethren under the, under the bus, but again, what I care about is you living at your goal weight. And, and I'm not, there's no sacred cows that I'm not willing to slay. Even myself, you know what I mean? Like if I find something I'm doing wrong, I'll, I'll admit it, you know? Like I say, my program's hard. So if you're looking for an easy thing, like it would not be for you. You know what I mean? It takes a lot of focus and energy to get through my, that 60 page worksheet. It's very emotional, right? A lot of questions and all the rest of it. Um, but once you have it, you, you know, it, it's like a golden ticket. It's like, it's, you know what I mean? It's like having whatever Google maps showing you how to get there. Right. Cause right now your weight loss, it's kind of like if you're going to drive someplace, you know, two hours away, that you didn't know where it was. It's like, you just trying to, you're just going to try and get there. Oh, I know it's, you know, it's this town and it's Brockton mass. I'm just going to drive there. Right. Well, how are you going to get there? I don't know. I know it's West. So I'm going to kind of start going West. That's how you're approaching your weight loss. You have no like detailed directions, right? There's no granularity of how you get there. There's a vague idea. And that's why you struggle so much. Um, but so why hypnosis doesn't work because you can't think of it like you're going to go into some crazy state and someone's going to say some magical thing and change everything. You're way too smart for that. Okay. So what really does work though, is when you understand how to hypnotize yourself, this is why in, in hypnotizing yourself, let me just talk about that because people are missing mistaken idea sometimes. It's not some like weird state that you have no idea of. You go into hypnosis your whole life constantly throughout the day. The, the, the most common form of hypnosis is a couple of them, but, but probably like the most common one is like when you're watching a movie or a show that you like, right? And so you're just absorbed in it, right? And you're just like, you're relaxed and you're calm and you're just kind of, you're just very receptive. You're just absorbing it. And so hypnosis, the simple thing is you're bypassing the critical faculty. And so when you're watching a movie and it's like, um, it's, it's like, it's preposterous stuff a lot of times, right? It's goofy. That's why we watch it. It's fantasy. It's fun, you know? And when you're watching that movie, you're having an experience, right? When you're watching a horror movie, you're, you're scared and you're nervous. And it's fun because it's not real, but it's an experience of it because you have mirror neurons. Those mirror neurons watch the people on the screen and you get an experience that you watch sports, right? You're not playing the sports, but it feels kind of like you are, right? And it's a nice experience. And so what's going on there? Basically you're imagining things, right? You're watching a movie, you're watching sports and you're imagining having that experience. And that imagination is giving you some sense of that experience. You watch these people playing the sports and you're kind of experiencing that to some degree as well, okay? And so that's hypnosis, that's it. It's, it's not some crazy state where, you know, like that's not what it is. You're not gonna cluck like a chicken. You're aware the whole time. It's like when you're in a movie, right? It's like when you're in the movie theater, think about it, you get absorbed in the movie. Very rarely when you're in a movie theater watching the movie, do you kind of like step out of the movie and look around and be like, look around in the actual movie theater, right? You bring your, your attention goes into the movie and you're absorbed in it, right? That's what hypnosis is. But like if, if all of a sudden, you know, a fight broke out in the movie theater, you'd pull your awareness out and you'd look at it, okay? But being in a movie theater in a good movie, that's a, that's a trance state. That's hypnosis, okay? It's just normal, natural. You always do it. Every time you go to sleep, you pass from being conscious and awake into a hypnotic state and then to sleep, Okay. But you know that feeling when you're lying in bed, but it feels like you fell. 
that's that's hypnosis, right? You, your imagination is giving you a feeling. Okay. So once you understand how to use that, once you understand how to strategically use your imagination, and so you know who the best hypnotists in the world are advertisers, commercials, okay? Now, if you study the, the history of commercials, you'll see that they started by trying to logically convince you. They would tell you all the reasons why their product was the best, okay, for a car. They explain like the engine size and how it stops quickly and how you can take your family, all the logical reasons why you should get their car. That's how advertisements started. They're fascinating. Go look them up. Go look up old ads. It's a wall of text, right, convincing you all the logical reasons why you should do something, right? Let's fast forward 50 years. <laughs> we see car commercials now, and it's, the, the, it's just watching the car drive fast. It's watching some attractive people in the car driving it while I'm sitting on top of the car. Very illogical, but very powerful and effective. That's why those are the ads we see, you see? So they're appealing to our imagination to give us an experience, okay? And so this is hypnosis. It's not magic. It's not weird. It's not unusual. It's something you experience all the time, but you have no sense of how to use it, which is to say you have very little awareness of how to actually influence how you think, how you feel, and how you behave. And until you learn hypnosis, self-hypnosis specifically, I don't know how you will. I really don't. Because <laughs> again, it's not a factor of willpower. We've talked about that. You can have willpower in one area of your life. So why can't you have in this other area? It, that doesn't make sense, right? To a logical brain. So how do you explain it? I know how I explain it. <laughs> I explain it through hypnosis. You know, that we activate the willpower in one place by the way that we think about things and we deactivate in the other area because of the way that we think about it. And that's all hypnotic. It's all subconscious, the way we subconsciously think about it. So, you know, until you learn hypnosis, I don't know. I don't know what you do, you know? And so I'm not saying you have to learn it from me, but I don't, it's the main thing. You know, if you want to lose weight, it's about learning self-hypnosis, how to program your subconscious mind. I, I don't know. I don't know how any other way you would do it. <laughs> All right, questions. If anyone's got questions, I want, I want to hear them. Um, how to learn overeating. I don't know what that means. Um, hello from Germany. So you're German, so maybe how to learn. I'm going to say how to learn to eat moderately. I'm going to just assume that's the question you, you wanted, and that's the question I'm going to answer. That's going to be more useful to people anyways. So how to learn to eat moderately. This is a good one. So your eating is on autopilot. I'll give you an example, right? And so even your eating you don't have the granularity of how you eat to really change it. So notice that the speed at which you eat is a pretty subconscious process for you, is it not? You try to eat slower and you just eat at the same rate no matter what, right? So this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is one aspect of how you eat. And so to eat moderately, it's less about saying, well, I got to slow down my eating. And then you think that that, you think because you said, I got to slow down my eating that now you're just going to slow down your eating. Do you know what I mean? Like it's absolutely insane because it's a, it's a subconscious process. It's been programmed in. So it's like saying, ah, you know what I got to do? I got to write with my other hand and then expecting you're just going to write with your hand, you know, you're not. And so how would you write with the other hand? Well, you'd practice it over and over. And so that's how you'd eat slower is you would come up with a way to practice eating slower and you would practice it and sometimes some things would work and sometimes it wouldn't. And here's the magic secret. And here's a, something you never do when it comes to weight loss. You would make a mistake and you would learn from it. Can you imagine, imagine making a mistake and learning from it with weight loss. There's no room for that, right? Cause you're either perfect or you're a jerk <laughs> and you're a bad person because you can't do the right things. You know, there's no room for learning and growing. That's why with me, right? My program yourself thin technique 
that self-hypnosis technique I was talking about, it's really two techniques. The first one is the redo technique, and the second one is the rehearsal technique. And so every night, you do the redo technique. You pick something you're not happy with. You, you ate a bag of cookies you didn't want to. You ate way too fast. You overate. Whatever the, the behavior is. And this is amazing, right? Because typically when you do the wrong behavior, eat too much, um, eat the wrong food, you do one of two things. You either ignore it. I'm never going to do that again. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, oof, I shouldn't have done that. Or you beat yourself up. And when you beat yourself up, you just reinforce the behavior. I shouldn't have eaten those bag of cookies. I shouldn't have eaten those bag of cookies. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. I tell you not to think about a banana. What are you thinking about? You see? And that's another thing with the diets. They're fixating on the exact thing you don't want to eat. It's a very bad strategy when you understand how your mind works. Right, Because your weight loss strategy when you want to lose weight is, okay, I'm not going to eat cookies today. I'm not going to eat cookies today. I can't think of a better way to get you to eat cookies than by telling you to not think of, you know, try not to eat cookies today. <laughs> so, um, you know what I mean? Like there's just right down to the core of it. Dieting is getting you to overeat and stick at the wrong weight, you know? And so you need a better strategy and understanding hypnosis is I think the best way in the world. And, and I say, I keep saying hypnosis, but what I mean is self-hypnosis, okay? There's no one out there that's just going to train your mind to be different, okay? That's why I teach you how to hypnotize yourself because the other thing is you, you're not in a vacuum and there's no, you know, again, the dieting thing is like you're just missing this missing piece of information. You think there's one little missing piece of information, like once you get it, everything's going to change. That's not true. It's, um, it's constantly kind of tweaking and evolving and growing and getting better. If you play a sport or if you play an instrument, you know what I mean, right? Like if you play guitar, I play guitar. It's like, well, what point do I know the guitar? Well, what's that mean? Do you know what I mean? Like when you're like, if you play chess, like at what point are you, do you know chess now? You know what I mean? Like there's always room to grow and evolve and get better, right? That's how you have to think about your weight. It's a never ending process of improvement and tweaking and optimizing. And I know that scares you when I say that because you're subconsciously, the way you think about it is that you're just going to get some plan and then just fix it. And you're not, it's not how it works, you know? But the way you think about it is so so wrong, so inadequate. You know what I mean? And again, that's why I do these, just to point all that out, you know? Because I don't want you to think it's you. You think it's you. You think, again, it's that fixed mindset that you've tried to lose weight, it hasn't worked, and so there's something wrong with you. And I'm trying, I do these, to, the core thing I want you to realize is it's not you, it's your strategy. You, it's not even your strategy. You don't even have a strategy. That's the point I'm trying to make. You literally have no strategy, no granularity, no system for, for really managing your weight. You know, and so how could you possibly ever lose weight and then live at your goal weight? You don't want to lose weight, right? The weight loss phase, the weight loss is just a phase. It's a, it's a tiny part of the whole process, right? How long do you want to lose the weight for? What'd you say? Oh, you said forever. Okay. So if you're just focusing on weight loss, then well, what about after that? Because the weight loss part is going to take you what? A couple weeks, a couple months, a couple years. And then what? Then you live the rest of your life at your goal weight, right? Because that's the plan. But if all you're thinking about is weight loss, weight loss and living and maintaining that weight are two totally different things. What do you think? You're just going to magically know how to maintain it? They're different strategies. And there's different motivation there too. Um, I never knew the power of hypnotism in the subconscious mind, but it's changed everything for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an absolute game changer. Again, I'm going to say something. This may sound ignorant or it may sound brilliant. I don't know. But I, again, I'm not the... I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not a smart person. I think I'm relatively smart, okay? But academically, I'm was never like the smartest person in the in the world. You know, there's always people that I was like, and even like I read a lot of books and like psychology. The psychology experiments they come up with are, I mean, I'm like, I, I can't believe it. You know, like so creative and so brilliant. You know, th these experiments are. 
So it's like, I have such respect for people that are in like the psychology field that, that have master's degrees and PhD. I, I think they're brilliant. Okay. What I don't understand is why they skip to me. What is the biggest psychological question of them all, which is why do we not do what we know we should do? You know what I mean? Like you can, they have a whole manual this big, the diagnostic manual of diagnosing abnormal thinking. You know what I mean? So when it comes to drug addiction or gambling or compulsions or disorders and all the rest of it, it's very, they're, they're very solid. They got all that down, right? But what about just a regular person with, with regularly normal thinking who wants to create a change in their life, but they just can't seem to make it happen? Where are you at, psychology? <laughs> what, what's the explanation? What is it? What do we got? You know? And even right from the get-go, I, I don't know. Like, how are we explaining it? You know, positive psychology, let's just focus on what we want. Okay, well, I mean, I like that stuff a lot, but what about the concepts? What about the concept of our mind? How does our mind run? How come I want to lose weight, but I don't do the things that I should do to lose weight? Because I really, really want to lose weight, but how come I don't do the things that I want to do? How come I keep sabotaging myself? What's going on, psychology? What's the answer? I, I don't I don't know. And I don't know the answer they're giving me. I, I've not found a good answer. And I think it comes down to this concept of, well, what's your mind? Why do you do what you do? I, I don't know, you know? And so a hypnotism, listen, hypnosis on one level is, is very simplistic and it's overly simplistic. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that, you know? I like that for my brain. <laughs> I got a simple brain. I just, I don't want to know 10,000 theories. I just want something that works. I just want, I just want to be able to know I want to eat better and then know how to eat better. That's all I want, right? And so hypnosis was very helpful for me because all of a sudden it says, well, you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The conscious part of your mind is logical and rational and knows what you should do, but it is the subconscious part that actually runs all of your behaviors. And if you want to create changes, actual behavioral changes, then you've got to influence your subconscious mind. You've got to program these things in your subconscious mind. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, all of a sudden, even if I don't change the behaviors, at least I know where to look, right? So it's like if I want to stop um, eating cookies instead of just saying, okay, well, here I go again. Now I can strategize. And when I ate the cookies, I can say, okay, what happened there in a lot of detail? And I can work my way through it and get to a point where I systematically work through to not eat the cookies anymore. You know what I mean? And I don't know what psychology telling you. I, I don't know. You tell me. If there's some psychology that helps you with that, please let me know in the comments because I, I would love to study it and know it because as I said, these people are way smarter than me. So I would like to just read about it, learn it, and then just teach what they taught. You know what I mean? Like, because I know they would do it better than me. Instead, I got to try and figure it out myself. You know what I mean? And I'm not the smartest guy, but I'm, I'm, I'll tell you one thing I am is I'm persistent and I'm motivated. I want to help people do this. And it's, I'm so passionate about it. I, I don't want, I don't want a single parent out there to die at 54 and leave their kids, you know, six and nine years old to just stumble through the world, you know, like me and my brother did and my mom. I don't want that for what? Cause you can't stop eating bullshit, you know, cause you have no idea how to change your behaviors cause you're dieting for 30 years and nothing's happening, you know? No way. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, I'm so, it makes me crazy. You know, <laughs> I get emotional about it, but it's like, it's life and death. And it's like, man, I don't know, you know, like with drugs, they, they've gotten really good at working on that systematically, right? You can go to like a rehab thing and they're, they're pretty good. You know, Alcoholics Anonymous, at least they got a plan. I mean, that works pretty well, you know? So at least there's some things they can do. And what comes to weight loss? What do we got? Where are you looking? I don't know. Some diet? We can go to some retreat? You can get your stomach stapled? diabetic medication what are you going to do I, I don't know who's out there giving us strategies and plans you know 
makes me nuts. So yeah, hypnosis is only I can do. You know what I mean? Um, oh, someone said, okay, how to stop overeating. Okay. Yeah. That's what I figured you meant. Yeah. And so again, how do you stop overeating? Well, it's to realize that knowing you should stop overeating isn't enough. That's just a starting point. And then you have to work your way. You have to practice eating differently. And it's a practice, just like the piano. You can't just read books to learn how to play the piano. You can't just have knowledge. I got to stop you overeating and think that's enough. It's like, then you have to systematically practice eating differently. You have to teach yourself. It's hard. Like it's hard in the sense that it takes longer. It's like learning a language. It's like learning an instrument. Oh shit, that's hard. Well, it is. I don't have to tell you, but what's at stake here? (laughs) Your life, three years, seven years of your life, the quality of your life before you die, right? Read how not to die. You know what I mean? Get clear on this, right? That's what I'd suggest to you guys anyways, is you're, you're in a, you're in a trance and you're underestimating what the weight is, you know, just like people in the sixties, seventies and eighties were underestimating the effects of the cigarettes. You're doing the exact same thing with the food and the weight. You're underestimating it. And it's not your fault. You've been hypnotized to underestimate what the weight is costing you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And that's why you can't really garner the motivation to make the change. You know, in addition to having no strategy or plan on how to do it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's like something you commit to, you know, and you only commit to things that are important to you, right? And right now the weight's just not important enough because you just want to look better, oh, look better. Who gives a shit? It's like if you've been married for 25 years, losing 25 pounds, 30 pounds, it's, what, you know, your partner's going to love you more? I mean, no, <laughs> it's, it's not going to change the quality of your life that much, most likely. Listen, if you're single, if you're a model, if your life depends on how you look, then then it does change a lot, right? But for most of us, it's just like like how you look. Again, it's a little cherry on top. It's a nice bonus, but it can't be the main motivation. You know, if you don't believe me, tell me. You know, show me the results you got for just focus on how you look. Other than your wedding day, <laughs> there's some big thing that happened and you really built that up. But now you're trying to recreate that motivation to want to look like you did when you got married, and it's not working. It's not gonna work. Um, you should write a book or something. You're right. I should write a book. I, I want to work on it, um, and I am because I'd love to be able to just get that book out there and people just get in and read it. That'd be good. Drink more water, walk more, eat more veggies. Okay. Yeah. Great. Right. So that person was talking about lifestyle. I know that's the the answer to that. Yeah. Again. And I think those are great. Right. But, but I just want to point out, I'm not, I'm not putting that down, but those are great. Those are three great things. Okay. But they're, they're wildly incomplete. Just, just to be honest. Okay. You got a good starting point there. Okay. But I'm just going to talk about these. So, so we were talking about, I said, Hey, tell me what, what is, a healthier lifestyle mean? I need a lifestyle change, not just to lose weight, not just a diet. Well, what does that mean? What is a lifestyle thing? I say, hey, write down what you think that is. You know, because again, my thing's eight. You know, but it's not just eight. It's um, it's a deep. You know, there's a deep training with each one of them because even like drinking more water. So I'll tell you some of this stuff, right? Because so right now, let me use water as an example. Okay, so a lot of people might say, well, I need to drink more water to be healthier. Okay, and so they've been saying, I want to drink more water forever. I just work, I work with a client yesterday on this, right? She goes, I want to drink more water. I said, well, where are you at with it? I said, you know, first thing you got to do is you got to get yourself a water bottle, right? You can't be trying to drink any eight, eight cups of water a day. You're not going to drink eight glasses of water. You can't keep track of it. It takes too much cognitive energy to do that. So strategically, you want to get yourself a big old water bottle. I need to drink one, two of these a day. As long as I drink one to two of these a day, I'm good. I've hydrated myself properly. Now, here, I'm going to give you an example of hypnosis, hypnotic programming. So I, I'll give you a specific example I'm talking about. So the average person says, okay, I got to drink water. Maybe you watch a documentary on water. You say, okay, I need, I need to drink water. I got to drink water. Knowing you need to drink water is not enough. That's the first step. How do you get yourself to actually do it? Do you know? You don't, right? Because you just think, well, okay, now I'm going to drink water. 
Well, how? How do you get yourself from knowing how to drink water to actually drinking water regularly? Right? You've got to program it in. And so you use strategies like, for example, going from so a lot of people say, oh, eight glasses of water. Again, how are you going to track eight glasses of water a day? You know how much energy it takes to track eight glasses of water a day? Right? That's a lot of cognitive energy. And if you do that, you're not going to do other things. Okay? You only have so much cognitive energy. People a lot of times think of their willpower as this non-physical thing. Everything's physical. Your, your willpower is just your prefrontal cortex. And your prefrontal cortex is the most energy-intensive part of your brain. It uses glucose, which is the same thing your muscles use. You run a marathon, guess what? You're tired. Right? When you use a lot of willpower, guess what? You get tired. Same thing. And so turning it from eight glasses of water into this is a strategic play. Right? So now all you got to do is fill this thing up once a day and drink this. You see, instead of trying to think of how am I going to fill up? Because you're not even breaking it down to this granularity, right? Okay, I got to drink more water. You see me? Conceptually, that makes a lot of sense. It's easy to understand. The reality of drinking a lot of water is, is a lot more granular than that. And so even just filling up, like like when I talk about my water having my program, I, just, uh, I was saying this yesterday because I don't sound like a nut job when I do this. But in the training, I talk about having phases of it. So I talk about not just drinking water. I got to break it down. When am I going to fill the water up? Now, I'm lucky because I live in a place that got wonderful water right out the tap, okay? We got amazing water here. I used to not live in places like that. So to get the water going, the first thing I do is how am I going to get clean water? In some places, at least I had the, the big Brita filter you had to fill up and then put in the fridge. And then eventually I had one that was just right on the, the faucet, you know? And so strategizing how you get the water is part of it, right? When are you going to fill it up? And then where are you going to leave it? How are you going to, when are you going to drink it? Like literally, when are you going to drink it? I'm not going to just sit down and drink one of these in a thing. So now I'm going to drink it throughout the day. When? How am I going to remind myself? You see? We want everything. Like, think about your toothbrushing habit, right? That's a good reference point because that's something that you're consciously aware of, but it really runs subconsciously. That's how you want all these habits to run. You want them to run primarily subconsciously, but you consciously want to kind of be tracking them too, you know? But again, I say, like, you want to think of your mind, your mind like a cruise ship, right? Your conscious mind's like the captain. Your subconscious mind's like the crew, and for the ship to run properly, you need both of them working together. They each have specific jobs and they both need to be doing them in, in order for everything to work right, okay? But so it's like typically, metaphorically, what's happening when you want to drink more water is you're saying, get out of your crew. I'm going to do everything myself. I'm going to remember to drink water. I'm going to do all this myself, right? That's how you're trying to lose weight. That's like the diet mentality. Okay, here we go. I'm going to control everything, you know? It doesn't work, you know? And the other way around, you can't just have the subconscious doing everything, Right? Because you can't have the crew doing everything because you need to have some guidance. You need logic. You need strategy. Okay? So they need to work together well. Now, the next level is imagine the crew is all French. They all speak French. And the captain speaks English. And that's where you're at right now. So you have to understand that your conscious mind and your subconscious mind speak two different languages. If they spoke the same language, all you would need to do is say, I want to lose weight because it's going to be better and healthier for me. And I need to eat less food and eat healthier food in order to make that happen. And your subconscious mind would say, okay. <laughs> but that's not how it works. It's kind of like they're speaking two different languages. So the captain has to learn how to speak French so it can communicate with the crew. But communicating with the crew is not enough. You can't just say one time, I want you to do this. That's it. You have to say, I want you to do this. And then the captain has to monitor them, kind of check them and make sure they kind of get it down until they got it. And that's kind of metaphorically how you want to think about your mind and think about adding processes and, and new behaviors. And so you got to give yourself more time because anything that you learn to do like, how do, you, how do you just install a toothbrushing habit one day? How do you do that, <laughs> right? 
you don't. I mean, it, it's over time. You know, that's the nature of it. And so, again, part of the the diet hypnosis you're trapped in is that you're you're just you can't even think outside of short term time frames, and that keeps you stuck in so many ways. You know, um, subtle ways you can't even see. You know, so so seeing things in a longer term time frame is so crucial. It's another part of the whole thing. Um, sleep, yep, sleep's important. Yeah, all of them, right? But now again, I ask these it's again, yeah, the three things, you know, one sling. Um, and even even like walking more, and walking more is good, you know, definitely, because I like to say movement is a general category, and within that is exercising, walking, doing chores around the house. You know what I mean? So it's again, we want to have strategies that kind of up and down the ladder of when we're really motivated. So I'd say you want to go from being all or nothing to all or something. And all or something is having strategies like you know, when you're really motivated to work out, you got your hour gym workout, right? When you're not that motivated, you know how much time you got like a 15 minute one. And when you're absolutely exhausted and tired, you got like a one minute routine. Do you see what I mean? But it's having options and strategies for you, you know? So it's more work on the front end, no doubt about it. But what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for success. You know, it's like your toothbrushing habit. You know, your parents say, oh, I can brush your teeth. You're like, oh, I don't want to do it, but you kept doing it. Right. And now you're thankful for that. Right. Because now you're just doing an autopilot. Same thing here. If you can, be okay with doing all the work in the beginning. Um, you set yourself up for long-term permanent success. That's why I say the goal you want is not to lose weight. It's to lose weight, get to your goal weight, and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. That's the goal. Is that not the dream? You never articulate it that way, though, do you? You just want to lose weight. You just want to lose weight. You know, Got to be better. Can you meditate in bed while trying to fall asleep? Dumb question, but don't know very much about it. That's a great question. And that's exactly what I used to teach. So my, my self-hypnotic programming technique, I call it the program yourself then techniques, the redo rehearsal technique. I used to teach that because I, what I did is I would always do that in bed as I went to sleep. I would redo my day and rehearse tomorrow. And, um, and that worked for me. But what I found a lot of people say, oh, I fall asleep before I do it. And so I've tweaked that now and say, okay, we'll sit in a chair before you get into bed. And now I'm working on a, a new version of it where it almost includes writing as well, um, self-hypnotic writing. Um, but either way, yeah, it, again, there's no right or wrong is only what works for you. But a lot of people are able to do that, right, as they go to sleep. I love doing it as I go to sleep because when you go to sleep, you pass through this hypnagogic state. It's very, very hypnotic. So I like I like programming myself in that state because I'm, I'm very in a very absorbing state. My imagination's wild. So the suggestions I'm giving myself, I think sometimes take on extra juice. And I think that's a good thing. And uh, so, so I like doing that. But again, some people fall asleep. So then we have to adjust, right? So there's no right or wrong, only it works for you. But that's a great question, all right? Um, totally agree about the medical industry. Yeah, right? I mean, again, they do a lot of great stuff. I break my arm, I want to go see them. I want to lose weight. I don't want to go rely on the medical establishment. <laughs> that's not what they do. You know, and um, should they? I don't know. It's like, right, we live in a country where your teeth aren't included in your health. So we live in a crazy world, right? So it's like, you know, you got to take this on yourself. No one's going to help you, unfortunately. I guess that's the message, you know, and I, I think we can all agree with that. Someone says a big thank you for your time and advice. You are welcome. I'm glad. Thank you for your time and uh, paying attention to this. Eating out of boredom, yeah. Eating out of boredom, again, same thing, emotional eating. So people say, well, how do I stop eating out of, how do I stop eating when I'm bored? I got to stop eating when I'm bored, right? The focus is on how can I stop eating, right? The thing you're not questioning is that the eating is your number one strategy for entertaining yourself and not being bored, okay? So we recognize what's the emotion you're getting out of the eating, and then we say, what are some better ways I can entertain myself? What are some better ways that I cannot feel bored that don't involve food? Because the food is boring. It's just, it's a, it's a drug in the sense that it just distracts you for a minute. It gives you a little blip of excitement, but it's not real, you know, it's boring as hell, 
you know and so as soon as you see that you know you start looking for better strategies um, I just comment on your video but with the help of God and with the help of your tips I'm down 13 pounds wow that's awesome I'm gonna take a screenshot of that that's so good congratulations I'm proud of you all right that's a, it takes a big deal but again I want to say something you know and so if you're even listening to this never mind get my program my, my program is like you know supercharged superpower but again it's it's uh Again, it's an intense program, you know, so if you're not that person, that's okay. But even if you just listen to me, if you just listen to these lives, listen to my podcast, watch my videos, watch my TikToks, you will lose weight. I can almost guarantee it. It may not be instantaneous, but you will develop, you will build up a new way of thinking that is going to change the way you eat, change the way you live, and you're going to start losing weight, okay? Because you're going to see the world differently. So again, that's awesome. Great job. That's really good. How do I start? Um, if you're talking about my, my program, um, the only way you can start is you have to watch a training first. You can't just join my program. You have to kind of see if it, it's a qualifier and it's for both of us, you know, as I said, but go, go to my description, go to my, my bio and click on that link for the, the three steps to master your weight, three steps to come up, to come thin and, um, click on that link, go put your name and email address in there, bring it right to the page, click the play button, start watching it. It's a half hour training, you know, I'll bring it through kind of start to finish, kind of lay it out for you, take some notes on it. And um, then if you're interested, you know, at the end, I'll, I'll tell you about my program. If you're, you know, you want to get started, want to learn about it, go check it out. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she lost, yeah, she lost that weight and no diet. Do you hear that everyone? Okay. That's what we're talking about. You can lose weight better when you stop dieting. And not only that, but you lose weight longer term. Diets are almost guaranteed temporary because the diets are coded subconsciously as a temporary thing. You know, so it's an interesting, interesting con- comment. But um, it's so true. You know, you don't realize this, but but you associate diets with temporary weight loss because the diet is a temporary thing. You're, I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go on a diet so I can lose weight. Then what? I don't know. I'll figure it out then. <laughs> okay. Let me know how it goes. Let me know how it goes. Someone says, just better eating and Holy Spirit's help. Yeah, great. Yeah, use whatever helps you. Yeah, better eating will do that, right? Great job. That's great. Someone says, got me in the feels, Jim. So true. Dying young because you can't stop overeating. Yeah, right. I don't like to get in that too much. I don't like to get all emotional, but it's like, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm out here thinking in my mind. I'm always imagining, you know what I mean? Like that, that I would say is such a fundamental difference where I'm at. By the way, like that's like one of my heroes is Dr. Greger, How Not to Die. I, I can't recommend that book enough. Don't freak out. It's a, it's a book about vegetarianism. Don't freak out, right? Because it's like, we should all be... Um, we really ought to be all be plant-based, you know, you can eat meat, but I mean, you really, the foundation, I think I'd be plants, but whatever, but read that book. And again, I think I relate so much to him because his, his story really starts where mine started, which is someone almost dying of a heart attack based on how they ate, you know? And so I, like, I, I love personal trainers and, and the weight loss stuff. I, I don't, I don't mind. A lot of people have good intentions. Okay. But even like the personal trainers, and I get that they have a, tie, a place. I, I like it, but so much of it is how you're going to look. You know what I mean? I'm not knocking that. It, it is what it is. But for me, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, it is 180 degrees opposite motivation. It, it's like I want you to live longer. You know what I mean? Like, like this is life or death to me. I've internalized that. So again, people don't stop smoking because they want their teeth to be whiter. They don't stop smoking because they want to smell better. You know, they, they usually stop smoking because they don't want to die. They don't have lung cancer. You see, they need a deeper motivation to stop that addictive habit. And changing your weight is a very complex undertaking. Again, the diet's underestimate. That's part of their trick. 
I always say the diets are like the carnival games, right? You ever go to the carnival? I always say, I'll joke around like, you know, the, the one that always gets me, it drives me nuts. It's that big basket, that big wicker basket thing they got, right? And there's like a big softball. And, and the guy's like, hey, hey. He's like throwing it behind his back and he's looping it. And he's like, gets it in every single time. And he's like, hey, come on, look how easy this is, you know? And they got the biggest stuffies. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is easy. And I do it like 50 times. I can't do it once, you know? That's kind of like what the diets are, right? The, the trick of the diet is they always build it around one simple, simple, simple concept, right? And they make it sound simple too. Like, oh, just stop eating carbs. Can it be any simpler than just stop eating carbs to lose weight, you know? So the concept is really simple. The execution is a whole other story. But again, in that very painful hypnotic state that we're in when we usually start a diet, we're not asking a lot of critical questions. We're just in a state of pain and panic. We just want to get out of it and we'll do anything anyone tells us you know so you got to start making your decisions from a more calm relaxed point of view all right um u.s food industry doesn't care they've created addicts yeah absolutely yeah the, the, listen the food companies are the cigarette companies look it up um in the 70s the the cigarette company saw the writing on the wall the the, the research the scientific research becoming overwhelming that cigarettes cause cancer and they couldn't sit on it anymore. They sat on it for years and years. I told you, Framingham Heart Studies in the 60s, they started to recognize that. And they had studies before that, that they knew that. And so they sat on that as long as they could. And so as soon as they realized, oh, it's going to come out, cigarettes cause cancer, they knew that they had to divest, you know? And they divested into the food industry. R.J. Reynolds invested in craft, you know? And so... In essence, the, the food industry that we know now, and, and again, I'm not blaming them all for this, but if you watch, I got I, I to keep, I got so I could show you stuff, um, is that if you look at a graph of like the overweight and obesity and diabetic numbers of the country, of, of the United States over the last 30 years, it is absolutely jaw-dropping. And it really started right in the 70s, right when these cigarette companies started going to the food industries because they brought that same philosophy of advertising, of creating very addictive products, of sitting on all the research that shows you how deadly it is. So again, I've I, I, I done a training where I call them food cigarettes. You really ought to make a distinction with your foods, like which ones are natural, healthy foods and which ones are food cigarettes. That's a nice reframe that will allow you to see things more accurately than you're currently looking at them, okay? But yeah, they don't, I'm not saying they want to hurt us. I don't think they want to hurt us, but I don't think they give a shit either if they do hurt us. Same with the cigarettes. They're one and the same. They don't care. And they're sitting on this information of how deadly it is. And so it's up to you to wake yourself up. It's 1960s and you're a smoker and you need to see things for what they are. Because the longer you stay in that trance of not recognizing the link between the cigarettes and the cancer, you're doing that now. You're not recognizing the overweight and the potentially early death and disease. You know, and if you don't see that, then, you know, you're not seeing it accurately. You're not seeing it for what it is. Okay. Oh, hey, Katie. I see Katie's here. What's your podcast called? Uh, Program Yourself Thin. I have Spotify and would love to listen. Yeah, Program Yourself Thin. Go check it out. Um, that's the one. Someone says, hey, Jim, did you ever start the intense program? Because I never saw the email, but I must be missing. Oh, yeah, Katie, I did start it. Okay. And I was wondering where you were. I was thinking about it. Yeah, we've been doing it um, on the second week now. So like I said, I was telling people, we, I redid the, the my program. I kind of reshuffled the way I did it. I stepped back from one-on-one -on -one coaching and I redid my program. And now part of that program is on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have um, coaching calls where you can work right with me. And so it's a lot better because for a lot of people, it's a way lower than my one-on-one -on -one fees. And so I'm able to work with a lot more people and kind of help them through the program. So I found this is kind of the sweet spot of everything. But Katie, yeah, shoot me an email I, and I'll look you up. I, I think I can find your email, but shoot me an email too to follow up on this. 
Because I don't know why you're not getting that email, but let's make sure. It, it might be a weird email address because I've been sending those out. And so I want you to make sure you're getting those. Okay, so shoot me an email. Um, what's your podcast call? Yep, program yourself then. Um, it makes me crazy when they say it's easy to lose weight, glass calories, more activity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They make it sound simple, right? And that's the that's the the trick, all right? Um, oh, thank you for writing that out. Podcast is program yourself then. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, again, remember that. That's the dieting trick is they make it sound really simple, but it's really hard. And so they keep you fixated on shortcuts because they keep making it sound simple. Like all you need is a new weight loss plan, a new meal plan, a new workout plan, you know? But the reality is it's much more... It's an under, much more of an undertaking. Again, I don't mean to say that the food's addiction, but I think you ought to approach your weight loss as if you had like a drug addiction or alcohol addiction or gambling addiction, whatever type of addiction, because then you're going to start bringing, you're going to start seeing it more accurately. It's going to take a lot more investment of your time, energy, and resources to overcome this than just thinking like, oh, well, here's a meal plan for you. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, one other way, like people think of their weight loss like, a, like it's a bank account, credits and debits. You know, but reality is your weight loss is much more like the stock market. There's just so many different, you know, things going on, you know? And so you want to look at it holistically. Look at the big picture of weight loss. And so, so, and now what happens when you do that is it can feel a little overwhelmed. Oh my God, but let, just relax, let that go and start systematically working to fix it. Because if you systematically work at it, what do they always say? Like people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. You've been focused and oriented and you have brain structures. You have cognitive biases that cause you to value short-term results over long-term results, the way your brain is. Your brain is literally wired. You know, if I say, I'll give you $100 now or $150 next year, you'll take the $100 now. It seems more value to you. So the diets prey upon that and they tell you, okay, let's lose weight quick, you know, but you got to resist that a bit and start focusing and orienting yourself to the long-term thing because again it's not just about weight loss that's why you can't just look at this as weight loss you need to look at this as transforming yourself from the inside onto the person you want to be and then living your life um at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot all right that's the real goal and when you articulate this more accurate goal you right from the beginning start setting yourself up to find the strategies and the approaches that are going to make that happen but if you just keep saying to yourself i just want to lose weight you're going to keep yourself stuck in this loop, okay? So it all starts by articulating a more clear-cut goal, right? Which, again, the first thing I do with people is really, again, um, motivation. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I would say that my 60-page workbook that I take my, my clients through, the, the first, like, probably 20 pages of it are all motivation. It's the most important part. And part of that is really defining what the hell are you doing here? It's not just wanting to lose some weight. That's just not, it's not the right motivation, you know? It's got, you got to reframe this differently, all right. Very, very important. Someone says, I love your concept. I'm learning to accept me and stay in the present. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's the point. And again, it comes down to this idea that even if you're unhappy with your body, even if you're unhappy with yourself for creating this body, it's being accepting and understanding that. that and so listen to what I'm going to say here, because I really believe this 100%. I hope you do. That I believe truly that people make the best choice available to them. Okay. And if you had better options available to you, if you had better strategies available to you, you would do them. Okay. So like when I get depressed, I certainly know that I can go and eat a bunch of food and take my mind off it. Okay. But over the last 30 years, I've developed other strategies that are way more effective at genuinely helping me let that depression flow through me and get me back to feeling more happier, more content and more grateful. Okay. And so I know I got both of these strategies, but I also know this one other one is so much better. And so that's the one I choose most of the time. 
you see? But what, what you're doing is you got that one strategy of like, well, I know if I eat a little bit, it'll make me feel a little bit better. But that's the only strategy you have, you see? And when you try and lose weight, you try and get rid of that strategy even. And I have no strategies, you see? So again, when you're trying to lose weight, you're in the process of trying to remove strategies, give yourself less options. And really the secret to mastering your way is to give yourself more better options that get you better results and they're more enjoyable to do. I hope that makes sense. And so it all starts by, if you can really connect to loving yourself, I'll give you one more suggestion on that. I know it's hard to love our bodies. That's one of those things, right? Where it's like, logically, you know, I, I should love myself. I should love my body. You know, you should. You would tell anyone that you care about that that's what they should do. Actually doing it and feeling it's another story, is it not? Right? And so you're so conditioned to focusing on parts of your body that you hate, literally hate, right? And um, that's a trance, by the way. Right? You have to literally be hypnotized to look at your body, your beautiful body, no matter what the weight is, who gives a shit. Your body's working, you got this body, you're breathing, you're alive, and you hate it, you know? But I know that's what you feel because you've been conditioned to feel that. But one way to get to a genuine sense of feeling and love for your body, regardless of what, what weight you are and what size it is, is to look at it functionally first. That's a nice way to kind of start. It's like training wheels for loving your body. And... What you don't do usually is you don't reference what life would be like, like simple things, right? So you may not like your legs. You may not like your ass, right? But you're lucky you got legs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's people, their legs don't work at all. Their ass is completely atrophied because they're paralyzed from the waist down. And so in that situation, now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I am thankful for my legs. You see, that's a way to break that hypnosis of hating your body is to start appreciating what you got here functionally, right? Now, I know this is a step away from loving my body completely the way we're talking about, but it's a first step. So you can actually feel some sense of love and gratitude for your body is to appreciate the functionality of your body, right? Man, I like, oh, my arms, my arms wobbly. Well, your arms work. You can grab things. Go watch a video of someone who has no arms. Okay, do you understand? This may sound extreme, but this is what I'm saying. You got to break yourself out of this idea of like you're... Your reflex, you've been programmed to reflexively hate your body because of how it looks based on some arbitrary bullshit, okay? So the fact you get this working body is where you, you shout it ought to be to feel a sense of love and gratitude for it, okay? And then you take that love and gratitude and you, you develop it, you cultivate, you build it, and you start to really love yourself. It gives a shit about the weight, okay? That's secondary, you know, and you start loving your body. And now what happens is you start to feel some of that love for your body as you start making decisions about how you're going to eat and what you're going to live based on this feeling of love. And now when you love your body, well, you don't want to eat that crap because that hurts your body. Your body's like a child in the sense that it's at the mercy of your decisions. And metaphorically, sometimes it's almost cruel what we can do to our bodies with the decisions we make and what we put into it. And so when we start to love our body as if it were a child, because it's just at the mercy of what we do to it, we start to feel different. And as we develop that love for who we are and our body and thankful and gratitude for it, we start to want to nurture it and support it and make it feel better. You see? So this is an alternate path. Instead of saying, well, I'm going to lose all the weight and then I'm going to look perfect and then I'm going to love my body. A bunch of bullshit, huh? You know? So it's like, it's, a, it's more about the functionality of it, you know? And so if you can orient yourself to that, you naturally start making better choices, all right? Um, 
Someone says, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it and find it really helpful. I'm really glad. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm so grateful every day that my back doesn't hurt if there's a day that my back doesn't hurt. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's appreciating the little things. You know, we've gotten so conditioned in society to be ungrateful, you know, um, and, I, and that's one of my conspiracy theories. I, I think uh, above all, right, we're, we're different political persuasions and religious persuasions and all these different things. But one thing we all are is consumers, right? They've made us all, we're all consumers. And I think the very core of being a consumer that they've put into us is this idea of not being grateful, right? We never get a chance to be just grateful for what we have because once we're grateful and content, we don't want more. We stop buying shit, right? And so I think that right in the horror, they, they've tried to install deep into our mind the sense of, there's always something better that what we have isn't enough. And I think that goes right to our bodies too, you know? And so as we start developing gratitude, that's why I say, when I talk about the lifestyle I have, I say gratitude. A lot of people say, oh, it's a little throwaway thing. That's nice, but whatever. No, I'm talking very specifically about a certain type of gratitude where you start to genuinely orient yourself to all the wonderful little things you have in your life. And when you start to live in that gratitude, um, it changes everything. It influences absolutely everything. Okay. So, um, all right. Well, thank you very much. I'm grateful for all of you. So, so thank you so much. I appreciate you watching. I hope this has helped. Um, keep it up. I'll see you soon and have a great day. Bye.